0: And listen, to be honest, it's the most important thing. You know, the world can explode for all we care. We got to eat.
1: Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) we we definitely got to eat. So I'm just looking at the clock now. We have got an hour from now. We've got an hour to talk. Mm -hmm. So Efra, um, great to have you here. Honestly, it's lovely. I would love to say you're here because... You just wanted to be on my podcast. Exactly.
0: <laughs> You've it's come- true.
1: You've come- I just wanted
0: to meet you.
1: Oh, thank you. You've come all the way from Israel just to be on my little humble show. Well, yeah, it
0: worked really well with the fact that I came for the Better Way conference. So I said, OK, I'll come a few days earlier and yeah. come see you.
1: And if anyone doesn't know what the Better Way conference is, it's basically the Davos for the Freedom <laughs> Fighters. <laughs> oh, man, that's and, excellent. And, I didn't think about it that yeah, way. Yeah, and just as expensive.
0: Oh, it's true. (laughs) Well, you don't have to mortgage your house to go like you do in Davos. But yeah, it's the Davos off.
1: I mean, it's Is there any other funny shenanigans that go on there that you need to tell me about? Well, what happens in the
0: pub in the evening is a lot of fun and during lunchtime. Yeah, I mean, no, it's really fun. Like the people are awesome.
1: I'm feeling sorry for my cat. Can you see her? She, you know, she's just around the corner. My cat honestly is like a dog. She just follows me everywhere, and it's she, she just, wants to
0: come in. Bring her in. No,
1: no. A lot, She was here for the last one, and she was knocking all the books down, and she was on the. <laughs> it, was, it was quite distracting.
0: Last year, I went to the conference, and I was sitting in the audience, and I my back was hurting, so I went to the back of the room, and all of a sudden, this woman next to me looks at me, she's she's English, she's British, you know, and she recognizes me. And she says, are you, I fought? And I'm telling her, yeah, yeah, that's me. And she says, oh my God, I can't believe it. And she starts crying. I'm like, why are you crying? Are you okay? And I put my hand on her and she said, you just don't understand how much you've helped me
1: yeah. during
0: these two years. Yeah. And she's from here. And she says, during... You know, the lockdowns and everything. I used to follow your videos and I saw the updates you did from Israel. And I knew that what you guys are going through is way worse than what I'm going through or we're going through. And I live in a village, so it wasn't that hard. I mean, it was hard, but it wasn't that hard like in other places. Mm. And it just put things in perspective for me. And you always ended your updates with something really encouraging or optimistic. And I could see how I'm just feeling sorry for myself and I could, how I could get into action And do stuff instead. So you've really, really helped me. And she was so moved and I was so moved. I'm like, I can't believe I made a difference. You do. To someone (laughs) in England, like which I don't even know. And all of a sudden I'm meeting her in a conference. It was amazing. And we hugged for like minutes and we exchanged
1: numbers. That's lovely. And I bet you there's people in Australia and Argentina that think the same way about you. Honestly, I
0: know there are because they tell me now because that's, you know, I hate so many things about social media. But that's one of the things that I love, the fact Mm. that people can just reach out personally and talk to you and really create that connection, that first connection. There's nothing like this, the face to face. Yes. But then the beginning, the initial connection can always be made by social media. And it's amazing. And I love it. And
1: I think you make What you want out of social media. So I used to have this idea in my head that Twitter was this toxic cesspit and they were just it was full of idiots and trolls. But that's only if you descend to that level. You don't need to descend to that level. You can be positive. Yes. You can be positive, you can be hopeful, you can, you know, just ignore the trolls, which I'm very good at doing. I just block them, mute them, ignore them. Exactly. And and now actually it's quite the opposite. I found this lovely tribe community yeah i found my community and there's such a good bunch of people and i Especially love them you
0: every time you post something you see thousands of people looking at what you post drawing
1: i pay them strength I pay, I pay, <laughs> you pay them well huh? i pay them <laughs> i pay this like pr you company. take all of them to lunch they're they're all fake they're all fake they're bots. They're, they're bots they're all joe rogan's favorite russian well you're
0: pretty good at it then <laughs> running a bot farm yeah. Can you do that for me too?
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, very high commission rate.
0: <laughs> That's a good business to have so nowadays. Six,
1: so six months ago, I came on tr- Twitter and... Um, only
0: six months ago?
1: Like properly, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Were you ever silenced? Like blocked? There?
1: No, I just d- decided after Brexit, I was involved with the Brexit. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to just come off Twitter, off social media and that. For, I was only on Instagram. Instagram's a really nice pictures, and I was... Instagram is a plastic of social media. And it was all about foot and ankle, fix your bunions, exercise, eat healthy. And it was, it was just nice. And I've got a really nice Explain. following of patients on my Instagram and their physios and patients. It's a nice community. No one says anything horrible. It's nice. <laughs> um, but at Twitter, I, I posted a video basically saying we need to question these vaccines and the side effects and the complications. And because I was told to stop doing that by some hospital management people, Mm-hmm. um I got quite upset and I was like don't tell me what to do mm-hmm. so when tell, people tell me what to do I go no so I kept on tweeting and then suddenly yeah I just I, I felt like it resonated with a lot of people what I was saying mm-hmm. and I'm you know I'm not crazy and I, I think I'm just speaking common sense yes and I think people like that and people have come up to me as well randomly and said oh thank you so much for what you're saying I believe pretty much everything you're saying. I don't expect everyone to think, believe everything I say. Of course. For goodness sake, I don't believe everything I said a year ago, you know. Like, <laughs> exactly, yeah. So. Um, it's true for now. <laughs> yeah, it's true for now. And I think it just resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. And that's why I've got a following. And then I think I've got a job. I'm on a mission now because there's a lack of authenticity. There's yes. a lack of truth and honesty and, and debate. And, you know, you and I might disagree on certain things, but at least we do yeah. it in a civil way and we talk. Right. And we respect each other. I don't know what we disagree upon. we people forgot. Yeah.
0: We've, we totally forgot how to do that.
1: We've forgotten how to do that. We now, forgot
0: to listen to someone who thinks different than now us. Now,
1: we've got a mutual friend, Sean Flanagan. hmm I love him.
0: Yes, me too.
1: If I wasn't straight and married, I'd probably propose to him. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> He's such a great guy. I love him, and
0: and he. Speaks- I call Sean the glue. Yeah, he's the
1: glue. He is the glue. He, I, he glues people. You together. know, it's sad. He's never going to hear this podcast. Probably he's so busy. I don't know. Of he's, course he will. He's a busy guy.
0: Of course he will.
1: But anyway, he you know introduced me to some Twitter spaces. I didn't know what those were. You were always on them. I looked you up, and I was like, I love this person, and that's why you're here.
0: <laughs> Thank you for. But for can inviting I can me. I put
1: you on the spot? You sure. recently did a speech. Or you know the La La Land, and it was in Hebrew, and yes. I loved it. It was yes. all shmuk and shmuk shmi and shmuk. Yeah, it's no, right. it just lovely. Sounds
0: funny.
1: Yeah. It sounds so funny, but uh-huh. it's beautiful. The, you know, it just sounded lovely. But it was a great speech. Mm-hmm. Do you mind repeating that in For English? Sure. I, I did. I did say I would ask you this, but I really want you to do that if you don't mind.
0: I wrote it in one go like that's how it came from the, the belly. Yeah. It came from the gut because it's like vomiting out everything that's happening now. And I made that speech in Jerusalem right in front of the holy city and the and the walls of the holy city so there's amazing energy there. Um and it was on the 21st of May when we had uh, worldwide rallies for freedom around the world in 200 spots around the world so i i felt like it was a very intimate and interesting evening with like spiritual global energy Mm. and i wanted to say something that would talk to like kind of unite people around what the fuck it is that we're doing here that we're trying to do so i called it la la land all right let's go (laughs) la la land we live in la land. I'm pretty sure you've been thinking this to yourself in one way or another, every week, if not every day, for the last few years. The world around us is changing at a dizzying, dizzying pace. It feels like changes are accelerating all the time. And if for a moment we averted our gaze or stopped listening upon re-engaging, we would discover that in Israel, and that's relevant to all countries, another ridiculous law was passed. Another despicable politician was appointed. The pandemic treaty is almost upon us. And in Europe, they're completing another pilot program for the 2030 agenda. In Canada, protesters' bank accounts were blocked. In Ireland, the public public is being silenced with misinformation and hate speech laws. In England, 15-minute city restrictions are already there. The Netherlands is destroying its agriculture and farms. Brazil and Australia are tracking citizens' carbon footprint via banking applications. And New York invades the plate and the pocket to count carbon in the name of the soon-to-be-extinct planet. All of this without anyone being held accountable for the devastation caused by COVID and the ensuing damages. Those vaccine injuries? The sudden deaths? The widespread mental illness and a public collapsing under the burden? Oh, that's not related. Move on. It's over. There is a new enemy to hate, so the TV host said. COVID is a springboard. I said it a long time ago. It laid the foundations for the social conditioning that was necessary to springboard humanity to the next level of climate restrictions and carbon ranking, the cousin Of social ranking. Imagine that three years ago they would have tried to put the world into restrictions in the name of climate crisis. That would never have succeeded. Public behavior had to undergo a change in order to prepare it to obey for what is being lined up. The new normal dwells within digital systems that scan barcodes and people. Freedom of movement is made conditional upon paying taxes and demonstrating compliance all while being forced into a digital currency of a central bank. That currency is called the CBDC, and it is not a currency at all, but a technological monetary control network with features such as expiration date, programmable money for specific uses, and the ability to turn it off and on by decree. And the battle to capture our minds? Very sophisticated. Mm. We see and understand it more and more, even though it no longer works on us. We are able to identify the traps and methods, notice the cages and chains, even when they are invisible and shatter the mindset of modern slavery that is being planned so meticulously. So yes, apparently the madness is here to stay. There is another plan or two or ten that those globalists and their masters and our politicians are determined to implement. And if this is the case, we'd better face it head on, know what is coming, and try to prepare ourselves as best as possible. How? This is the question of all questions. Our happiness and sovereignty are the key to a life free from anxiety and fear. It is easy to control frightened or stressed people, so we shall continue to maintain body, mind, soul, health. Mm -hmm. We shall practice being comfortable in the discomfort and we shall be mentally prepared for changes and adjustments. We shall continue to expose the lies and plans because the more the cloud of secrecy and concealment is lifted, the weaker their power. We shall use cash as much as possible. We'll show them that we are against digital central control. We shall continue to learn and educate ourselves because knowledge is power, and we shall remember that we are the new and alternative media. We should unite in small and supportive communities, be there for each other, and unite for common goals. We shall train ourselves to avoid hatred and the traps of divide and rule. We shall create unity. It starts with self-love and ripples outwards. They always say the eyes of the world are on Israel. That's something special. Sorry. They always say that the eyes of the world are on Israel that something special is happening in Israel. And if we Israelis are capable of facing the challenge, the rest of the world is also capable. For me, the biggest challenge today is to rise above the deep programming, to observe the traps of hatred that are waiting for us and not to fall for intimidation that fan the fires of anger and hatred of our fellow man. If we know how to find self-love in our hearts. We can radiate it to others and we create a new reality. Maybe that is our duty. Perhaps from the most divided and conflicted place in the world, inspiration will flow. Like us, there are millions in the world who are training and creating the Great Awakening Network. If you are here, or supporting from home today, you are connected to this network. Keep shining and loving and remember how important you are and how much your role makes a difference. It might feel like La La Land, but it's our La La Land. We're together and we're ready.
1: Wow. Wow. (laughs) Wow. It's a mad world. You give you give Neil Oliver a run for his money with that one.
0: <laughs> Woo!
1: I'm gonna see him tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you can tell him I said that. That okay. was that was great. And I, you know, you say La La Land. Some people say Clown World. Clown world. Some people say Upside Down World. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, effort. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing that many people hope and look for a change. When is it gonna end? When is it going to be different? When is it going to dissolve? When are the lies going to be exposed? When is the house of cards going to fall? Mm. I yeah. hate to, to disappoint, but I don't think it's going to just happen as like one big colossal event, right? Yeah, I think I it's going to, first of all, they're trying really, really hard to just fade it out very slowly and make it look like nothing has happened. And nothing is still not happening. So that most of the normies out there, most of the people who are unaware of, of all the lies will not pay attention, will not even understand that the frog something really that, bad
1: happened. The yeah, frogs, the frog will
0: continue to, to boil. Know,
1: yeah, the frog's going to just keep boiling, just slowly. Exactly. Just-
0: so I don't think it's going to happen. I do think that, if anything, and I'm not trying to bring anyone down, but we got to be realistic. I do think they're going to launch a few more tricks that they have up their sleeve Mm. and we are going to face a few more difficult years before it becomes better and that's why I always encourage people to do mental work and to go inside and to find you know calmness and peace within because you have to train yourself to be in the fire and not get burnt that's 100%. that's the kind of reality we're going to live in. And I don't really think it matters where you are geographically in the world. Obviously, you can better your situation. And if, you know, you live in a really horrible place or you have really bad limitations on you and you can't take it anymore. Okay. And you, you decide to move, move. Fine. You do whatever you need to do to better your situation. But in the end of the day, it's going to meet most of us. It's going to meet
1: most people the biggest, in some way. The biggest globalization... That's happening right now is authoritarianism and censorship it's a global global problem I you know I don't think there's anywhere in the world you can just say i'm going to go there it's going to be wonderful
0: there so- are some places that may be better than others right now, but not many left um it's going to get to most places you have you heard of El Salvador and how how, I mean, I'm very optimistic when I think of El Salvador and I follow. We will,
1: we'll talk about that in a second. So it's funny. I I don't <laughs> think things are going to get better in the short term, but I'm here right now. This, this whole podcast, I'm doing it for my children. And I'm thinking, you know, when they're older and they're thinking about having kids, hopefully the world will be a better place.
0: Yeah. Um, I, that's why we were doing it. Absolutely. Right?
1: I'm tired of screaming at the TV and the radio. Um, This whole podcast, whole point, you know, Honest Health. Is about injecting some honesty into the debate and the conversation. And when it comes to your health, you know, people might be like, You're a doctor, why don't you just talk about running or bunions or god knows what? <laughs> when it comes to health, everything is related. Is everything. The weather, the the traffic, the cars, the bills, the utilities, the wars, you know, the politicians, the everything. Everything. So Tell me about your journey. Like, what's your background? How, because for some people, they might not know you. You know, you're a freedom fighter. You're a freedom fighter from Israel. But tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay.
0: So I was born in Israel. I lived in Israel until I was 21 when I moved to Australia for six years. What part? Melbourne.
1: Lovely, lovely city.
0: Yes. I went to university, to Monash University, and I graduated from computer science. There and I started working as a programmer uh, in Melbourne. Uh, great, great food. Great food. <sighs> great city. Great coffee. Then. Great coffee. <laughs> great people.
1: Yeah,
0: I really liked it. Shit weather. Yes. Shit weather.
1: It reminds me of Glasgow, my hometown.
0: It reminds me here of London. But <laughs> well, this is what London. I mean. <laughs> <Glasgow>.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I I'll go back a little bit. I um I was always like a straight A student Mm. in school. I was a geek. I was popular. I loved like going to school. I liked learning. I loved dancing. When I was 18, I went to the army, of course, like you do in Israel. And uh, I served in the intelligence forces. It's like the FBI of Israel, the Shabak. And uh, I was there for two years and I was exposed to many things that I don't think I wanted to be exposed to when I was 18 when I was a, chi- a, a child, like mm. an innocent child yeah. it really took some of my innocence away and I, I really learned that there's no coincidence that the age that they take you to the army is 18 for men and women well kids and girls because that's when you're still you're very indoctrinated from school. Mm. you learned how to take authority. And you come to the Army, which is the biggest indoctrination of all,
1: mm.
0: plus it's mandatory, so you're being coerced to go to the army it's very hard to get away from it if you're not orthodox um, you have to declare you're mentally ill or something like that and you you just do what you're told that's what you learn in the Army, basically in Israel, and a lot of people come out from the Army in Israel traumatized mm. a huge community of young people that are traumatized after the army and, and there's not good enough treatment for them in Israel, speaking of health. That's a really bad or sad story in Israel, but really, it you know, prepares you for the life after and to become really uh, you know, driven for success and driven for managerial positions. And you learn a lot and you grow up and there are good sides of it as well. And um, I decided to study computers. I never touched computers before, but I got a scholarship. I went to learn it. And then I, I went to Australia and I um, learned to speak English and to live in English and to live in a foreign place. And I was on my own with a group of friends. So that was a real like, brave thing to do, to just leave my, my country and my, my family and, and embark on that journey on my own. But I learned so much by doing that. And I lived there for six years. After three years of uh, working as a programmer, I felt like, okay, I I get the point. I I understand how to do that, how to write code for a computer, how to make it work. I used to do video games on Nintendo, Xbox, PlayStation. Like, it was pretty cool. Wow. Wow. yeah.
1: I used to be an ex-gamer. I'm an ex-gamer here, so <laughs> appreciate so did, it. Thanks.
0: So I did uh, MX versus ATV kind of uh, <laughs> game. It was funny. and But I knew that that wasn't my life's purpose. And I knew that that's not what I'm passionate about. I saw the other programmers around me, like loving it, coming to work in the morning. Dude, I just... No, it's not dude, it's mate. I, I just came back from, you know, from from this dream resolving the algorithm and I know how to do it and I was like oh my god I'm so not like that so I decided to quit I didn't know what else I'm gonna do because I just you know spent five six years of my life to study this and work in this and my parents paid and everything but now I don't want to do this anymore I don't know what I do want to do but I Not that. I was super scared of doing that, but I did it anyway. This is like a theme in my life, like being scared of things, but doing them anyway. Mm. And um, I opened a business. Like, I really wanted to go to the business side of things, but I didn't want to go back to university in a way. So I decided to open a business to learn about it just by working. That's another thing that I do. I don't start doing things before I exercise in them. Like, I don't say about myself that I'm good at something before I actually tried it with my hands. So I uh, opened a business with my partner at the time. Who was my husband afterwards. Today is my divorcee. And I, we, I
1: told you the best people are divorced.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we had a jewelry business, jewelry and fashion accessories, and I loved it. And I also designed some jewelry, but I learned everything about business from having two stores and employees and everything. And then I started an online business. It was back in 2006. Six, five. So eBay was big at the time. Mm. It was just the beginning of e-commerce. Yeah. And I discovered this whole world of e-commerce. It was fascinating. Then 2007, I went back to Israel to live in Israel because I knew I wanted to start a family and I didn't want to do it in Australia far away from my family. I wanted to get their support. I came back.
1: Australia is a long way away.
0: It is very
1: I've worked out far. there for six months. I know what it's like. It's it is very far. So disconnected. Yes. Me. Yeah
0: although it's great, it's really far. And uh, I have my Australian citizenship today and my son as well. So I went back to Israel, we got married. We had a, I, I gave birth to Eitan. He's now 13 and a half years old. We got divorced one year later and he went back to Australia and I stayed in Israel as a single mom. And my career was starting to boom. I started to work in, in business development and in tech. And I didn't want to stop what I was doing. Okay, now I'm like just in the peak of my career, like early thirties. I'm I'm seeing where it's going. I'm falling in love with this whole world called marketing. And I can see myself doing that for life. A bit. Life is looking good. Yeah. And now I've got a one year old baby and I cannot be like a mum, a full time mom and a full time career woman. What am I gonna do? And I have amazing parents. So they they really helped me and I moved Uh, Next to them, and they really helped me raise my my child and keep my career going. And I advanced, advanced, and I was very young. I was a in management of startups, and and I became a CMO of companies, chief marketing officer of companies. uh, When I was good
1: for you, yeah, yeah, that's not easy. So I
0: did a really good career and and like successful career and earned a lot of money pretty early on because I was very driven. In hindsight, was it the right thing to do? Not sure, because now I look at motherhood and about work-life balance in a different way that I used to then. Mm. But that was my lesson. Like I really look back now knowing that I had spent so much time at work and dedicated so much of my life for a startup that didn't really give me much than building my career but and I giving you- me a bit of money. And my son would... Tell me you know I don't see you enough and that was heartbreaking yeah and but well, so, we don't
1: we don't live in regrets we live and learn I
0: don't regret I learned I definitely learned from it yeah and today the way I view work is completely different but it definitely helped me at the time build build myself to who I am. One other thing I did about six or seven years ago is I joined two partners and we set up our own business as well as being a full-time employee in different companies, Mm. I had my own business and we set up a community of chief marketing officers like us, like me. And we started small and today it's six years later, it's a business. So we, we have 150 members in that community. It's a paying community. And we have like, monthly events and content. And we do education. We collaborate with universities and academia in Israel, and we train the next generation of global marketeers in Israel. So that's something I always did in parallel of being a full-time employee. And so created my community, which was amazing. And the other thing I did was starting to form my expertise as a personal branding expert That's because I saw, I I really didn't, I didn't want to play. I know the, the rules of the game in this matrix really well. Like I understand systems really well. I can see like the big picture and I saw how this world of work looks like and how everyone's pulling us into, you know, working for someone else, begging for people to take us to the next job applying with CV to the next job, like feeling really frustrated when you lose your job and you have to find another one. It's a really vicious cycle. And I didn't want to play that game. And I knew that I'm very good at creating brands for the companies that I worked for and for the CEO of the company. And I knew the power of inbound marketing. When you pull people towards you just by putting yourself out there or putting, not yourself, putting the content out there that would resonate with people, just like you do on Twitter, right? It pulls people into you. They identify, you find your target audience and everything. So I decided to develop my own technique for personal branding. Mm. How do I build a brand for a person and not just for a company? And I started doing that. I practiced for one year, and my goal was to not apply even once for a job position to, to hand out a CV, but rather to receive requests from companies asking me if I want to work for them. Wow. So you and wanted to be headhunted. To I wanted to flip the, the yeah. game around. Yeah. And I was headhunted. And by the end of that year, I got 32 job offers from companies because I put myself out there. I did it. I like I built my own brand and I chose like the 32nd one that came in was the right one. I said many, many, no. It's
1: good to be picky.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) That also helps the brand. (laughs) And, uh, and yeah, I, I joined a autonomous drone startup. Now in hindsight, I, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about that technology as well. It's the fourth industrial revolution, really. Like I know that really intimately about surveillance and everything. Anyway. Oh
1: man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: spent (laughs) three years in that startup and and it was amazing. So I became also a lecturer about personal branding and I do lecturing to groups or or companies or organizations on how to... you got build. a lot of hats. Yes. You so I do many, hats. many things. Yeah. And then, and, and I still do that. I love that. I love lecturing. I love, or workshops. I love teaching people how to do it for themselves. So I have my own technique, like really formatted and I've got a method. It's all very constructed so people can learn how to do it and... And then do it themselves anyway so i do that as well and then three years ago this madness in the world started happening and i'm like we're not
1: we're not talking about brexit now <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about something else
0: global madness global COVID madness and i'm a cmo of a company i've got like a team of 15 people i've got huge budgets i've got my community I've like my my business and i've got my lectures and i've got like the world is is working for me. It's all good. You're in a and good place. I'm in a good place. Yeah. And my son is like And it's not 10 easy to get old. to that good place. It's not easy. And I'm financially okay. Like everything's fine. And then COVID. And then I see that something's not right here. Mm. Something's going on. Mm. And believe me, I was not interested one bit in politics be- during that time. Like I did not know anything about politics. I didn't want to know. I was like living my la la land, happy, <laughs> you know, taking the the blue pill, you know, <laughs> it's like seriously, not like fully in the matrix. Mm. But that forced me to wake up and see what's happening and start. And you know what made me make up mm. the marketing? Because I saw the campaign. Mm. I saw how they're all speaking the same message. Build how it, back better. A, it, Safe and
1: effective.
0: At first it was the fear. Yeah. First, it was like the dashboards and the CNNs are talking the same way as the Israeli TV hosts and and the BBCs and the they're all seen doing that? the have same. You, have and you I'm seen, like, hold on, this is a campaign, like red alert. This is a campaign. Have this you is seen that? not
1: real news. Yeah. Have you seen the clip where one they're all six. every broadcasters spouting at the same nonsense and then it fills up the screen? There's like a hundred.
0: It's a risk for our democracy. They're yeah, all saying
1: that. That's it. It's a risk for our democracy. It's a risk for our democracy. And it's, it's <laughs> actually terrifying. It's terrifying. All these news anchors you are see?
0: just... So as a marketeer, I, I, I know how to identify these things. And that was really early on, like mm. April, May. But I, I told myself, shut up, go to sleep. Nothing's happening here. But I knew, I knew that it's happening. But then July 2020 came and there was the Enabling Act in Israel that gives all the power to the prime minister and the government mm. to, to put all the COVID laws in place and ruin it's our democracy. It's the same thing. It's, it's all about the same taking away
1: power, power grab. And once they take it, it's very difficult to give it up.
0: Exactly. And then I woke up and I went, I started protesting and I went to the streets and I started reporting from the streets and I did it at first, you know, I did it in English because I had a follower from overseas, not a big one, but I had an, and, and the first one I did went viral. Oh wow. And people from all over the world started throwing love at me and and amazing words of mm. encouragement telling me, please keep doing that. Please keep updating us what's happening in Israel, because it seems like it's a center of something. Like something's happening in this small, annoying country that we need to know about. And indeed that was right because we were then chosen to be the, the world's pet- lab, yeah. right? By yeah. Pfizer. And uh, we can talk a lot about that. But then I continued doing that. And so I reported in English what's happening in Israel to the world and then vice versa. I was The reason open. why
1: you got all this love is because people like me felt we were the last person standing in the planet. We felt so alone. Yes. So alone. Everyone had gone crazy.
0: Me too. I felt alone So as when, well. when
1: you came across anyone who was speaking at, you're like, oh my God,
0: yeah, I love you. Else. Yes. It's
1: one of us. Um, you it know, was it,
0: really difficult at the time. Very difficult. Yeah. And I was called names and, you know, now imagine the context I gave you being this successful high-tech entrepreneur and CMO that the high-tech scene in Israel knows me and, and, and really respects me. And people speak highly of me and invite me to speak in all these conferences and give me money and da-da-da to all of a sudden be this anti-vaxxer or, you know, all the different names that they called us, being this conspiracy theorist or whatever. And that was really heartbreaking. That was really hard. And again, I had the choice, just like when I was 25, with my job in Australia that I didn't like being a programmer anymore, and I had to embark on a new mission. Here as well, I had the choice. Do you want to continue doing what you're doing just because it's the right thing to do, or all these other good reasons that you have? Or you want to follow your gut because you know that something really wrong is happening here and you have an opportunity to be the voice to many people who don't have a voice because you can speak and you're not afraid and you have confidence and you know and you have all these marketing skills that you can now harness towards this mission and i decided to do it and i consciously in decided to do it and i put many things on the line Including you know my status, my reputation, my job, my many many things, and um, yeah, and it was not easy. I kept my job for three years, but it it was not easy to to do what I did and to put myself out there. But I do not regret even one bit, even one second, because the hard the hardship was worth everything. I know today that I had made so much difference for so many people in Israel and outside of Israel, the people in Israel that follow me or that are with me in my communities. And I have a lot of groups and communities in Israel, they thank me all the time because I, they feel connected to the world. They feel they're not crazy in Israel. Many people don't speak English, so they don't know what's happening around the world because obviously Mm. the mainstream media is hiding everything. So they think they're crazy so on their what, own what and I the, expose them.
1: What were the main things that you were, you know, becoming an activist against? What were the issues that were upsetting At you? At first
0: it was ruining the democracy with the Enabling Act, taking our rights away, taking our human rights and destroying the three, um, the three, um, you know, the, the judiciary, the three systems. Balance to, and checks. Balance and checks, uh, exactly. And then it was the prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, which is a highly corrupt person, is still undergoing a trial in three cases in Israel. Uh, he's now the prime minister again.
1: I love that rotating doors. Oh,
0: five, five elections in three years in Israel. It's like there is no democracy, there is no po- political system. It's all rotten. That's what it's like shifting every six months or one year. There's elections, it's supposed to be four years. It's crazy. There is no no stability. It's because it's just that's it. It's the end of a cycle. I hope. I really hope that they will. Anyway, the whole thing, the parliament, 120 members of parliament, in my eyes, Knesset, are yeah. are corrupt and should go home or jail, depending whom.
1: It's the same here, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's not any different any over here. They're all captured or compromised. So, so basically, then it was him. Yeah. So it was the, and then
0: later it was COVID like. Green pass, you know all the restrictions.
1: So describe what was a green pass all about?
0: The green pass is the same as it was in many countries. That's COVID the, pass. the the marketing name that they gave it to say that if you don't have a green pass, you can't go to you know you can't go to work, you can't go to to. I mean, that's a, such a
1: huge infringement of your human rights. Show me your papers. When I mean, that's it, Nazi exactly Germany, that. show me your papers.
0: It's exactly that, and I refuse to play along. And I told other people that it was it was a crime, and I from day one, I told everyone, "Listen, this is exactly the story that my grandfather told me yes. when he was young in Belgium of 1930s, and the atrocities that he went through, it didn't start straight up in Auschwitz. He finished in Auschwitz, but he started in the street in Antwerpen, where, where he lived. And he, he wanted to sit on a bench and the bench said, reserved, uh, no, no sitting for Jews. So he couldn't sit on the bench and then he couldn't go oh. to the, to the supermarket and to, to the, to the grocery shop to buy food because there was no entrance for, for Jews. And... And every time he told me all these stories and he said, every time I saw something like that, I said, okay, no big deal. I can live without this. I can live without that. And slowly, slowly your rights have been taken away and there's more restrictions and more restrictions. And before he knows it, he's on a train to Poland, to concentration camps, right? So so it took time, it took years for that to build up and and happen, Do you know but what? it didn't happen. And I said... In the name of my grandfather and yes. my grandmother, both Holocaust survivors over my dead body, that I would allow anyone to discriminate against me or my son or anyone in the world again. It doesn't matter on which basis, whether it's because you're Jew or because you, you have participated in an experimental, uh, you know, play. Or is it because of your sexuality, or whatever it is? No yeah. discrimination in my world, and I yelled it out. And my father was so annoyed with me. Was so he was even hurt by me because he said, "My father is my grandfather's son." He said, "You cannot compare it to the Holocaust. What my father went through is an atrocity. This is just you cannot go to you know work or or uh, or or a coffee shop." And I told him. But that's exactly what happened to grandpa. That's how it started. You are sitting here telling me I cannot compare, but I am here serving as a warning sign for you that you can't see it. And for everyone else here in Israel, that we are so um, hypocritical saying there is a slogan in Israel saying... Uh, to never forget again. Yes. Okay, always remember and never forget on the yeah. Holocaust. And here we are all forgetting and discriminating people. Let's not even start the conversation how we always discriminate Israeli Arabs and obviously Palestinians which we you know conquer and 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 rule, which is horrible. That's already a form of colonializing and doing exactly what has been done to us Jewish people, to other people in our country. It's an atrocity in itself. It's crazy. And obviously I'm against it. But then telling me that discriminating and then hurting and coercing almost half of the people in Israel, paying taxes, going to the army, you know, abiding the law. And not being able to live freely and to choose what we want is okay so so
1: I'm with you.
0: F- fuck off. it doesn't matter who you are, fuck off, Effort, and you, that's why I did you know what
1: I did. <laughs> I'm so glad you just said all these things. you know it's actually difficult for anyone in this country who's not Jewish to say what you just said? yeah, and I'll tell you what I think is crazy. I think it's crazy that those six million people suffered during the six second world War. And not just the six million who'd passed away, but the multitude more who had to flee, who had to run away and escape. As a medical student, I met two Holocaust survivors and they showed me the tattoos on their arms. I get goosebumps just thinking like about my it. Grandfather they had were it. branded. They were yes, branded. They, were. they had the QR code, the analog uh-huh. QR code. It's
0: exactly the same. It's the
1: exact same as that. And I, I see what's going on. And I remember learning about Second World War and, and all the trustees. And it wasn't just the Jews. It was the, it was the, gypsies, the gypsies and the and Romas and, and, the, and the Russians and the Slavic and everyone and else. The and the
0: retarded. And the retarded. People, people with disabilities. This is the, this is the thing. Th- that I mean, was eugenics, right? You, there
1: was. Mm-hmm. Eugenics.
0: It, well, it started in the U.S. and then moved 1910, 1920 to Germany and to, to then Europe. Yeah. But the whole point. was American of-
1: plan. But the whole point of the Holocaust Memorial is so we do not forget. Exactly. And I just think all the money that's spent on the museums and the <laughs> memorials. Oh, you and want to everything. hear about the you know, museums. You know, the, the millions of pounds. It's the, it's the worst money that's ever been spent. Yeah. Because no one is seeing what's happening and talking about it. And if the f- few people who do talk up about it, Are called anti-Semitic and are then vilified and cancelled and censored. I think there's nothing more anti-Semitic than forgetting the Holocaust and not remembering and drawing parallels and saying, guys, this is bad because what happened before was terrible. And this looks familiar. We really need to stop. And for saying that. Uh, that's you're being anti Semitic? I think it's crazy.
0: I know many people, also politicians you have that are being called anti-Semitic because of yes. those comments that they make. And I think they're very brave people. And I always stand up for them whenever I see it on Twitter and in other Wait, we're places. We're in a lala land. Of, of course. That's that's the mind fuck. That's the mind control game that they're playing with us. That's the upside down world. We have to stay strong. We have to look at it. Laugh at it if we can. Yeah, <laughs> find the humor in it because it's it's ridiculous, right? But this
1: is why and I carry also on and not take it too hard. To I I don't play the game. So when they say men can have babies, women have penises, <laughs> cows are killing the planet, yeah, you know whatever. You know when they come up with all this nonsense, CO two is killing life. Yeah, I don't. I go. I don't, I'm like no. And people say to me, you know, why don't you just get on with your job? And why would you get upset with all this stuff? I, it's because. It's a distortion of reality and exactly. truth. And I'm all about truth. Yeah. And don't tell me to believe something that's nonsense.
0: A hundred percent. And I got to I gotta say something about the Holocaust. One last thing. No, no, go, Before go. we move on, there is a Holocaust um, museum in Israel called Yad Vashem. Most people have come to Israel to visit as tourists. They go there. It's in Jerusalem. It's a beautiful place. And 2021... Memorial Day for the Holocaust, there is always a ceremony in the evening. It's a holy, like a holy, it's a a public holiday in Israel. It's a very sad day in Israel. They tell you when to be sad, when to be happy, obviously. And Holocaust survivors, although not many are still alive and with us because of their age nowadays, in 2021, the ones that were are still with us and wanted to go to the formal official uh, Holocaust um, memorial ceremony in Yad Vashem. We're not allowed to go in if they did not have a green pass. Now, think of the irony. No way. Think of the atrocity. They have gone through one Holocaust and now they're triggering their trauma.
1: Show me your papers.
0: To go through a second Holocaust in their own safe country for Jewish people, in their own day of memorial of the trauma that happened to them back then in respect of their families, of themselves, and, they, and they're and they not allowed to go in. So we set up an alternative ceremony in Tel Aviv, in the center of town, and we invited those Holocaust survivors to speak there and they came. Some mm. of them, not all of them knew about it, but they were really not allowed to go in. And they spoke on stage and in heartbreaking speeches yeah. said, I cannot believe my eyes. I cannot believe that my country that I have helped, helped build after the Holocaust is doing this to me now. Mm. Wake up people. Holocaust survivors, just like Vera Sherev, that I'm going to meet hopefully at the Better Way conference. She's going to be there. She speaks the same. She's amazing. If my grandparents were alive at that time, oh, I wonder what would have happened, what kind of conversations I would have with them. But they were already, they passed away. The one thing that triggered me the most was when I went to the beach in Tel Aviv in, I think it was the um, beginning of 2021. And there were, the, there are two big benches on the beach, green benches for tourists saying, I love Tel Aviv. Normally that's what it says in English. Yeah, They swapped the writing on the benches and wrote reserved for vaccinated only. They did. And next to it, I love Tel Aviv or something like that. And my friend did a Facebook live on that day and I saw that and I got chills. And I think I, I experienced the, the trauma of my grandparents again.
1: It was quite traumatic.
0: It was that, but it was the same you story it's, it's, again.
1: so incredible that the people who fell for the narrative are like, what's the problem? I don't, why are you so upset? But the people who were awake found it the most traumatic, abusive infringement on, uh, on their life, mentally, physically. Um, and there was something we couldn't forget. I mean, the reason why we were talking about this even now in 2023 is having gone through that pain, it's not something that we can forget. And I don't know about you, I don't think I can ever forgive them either. Um, Definitely not the people who have perpetrated this. But moving forwards, you know, Israel was the experimental place. I was so heavily vaccinated and boosted. One, I want to ask you, I mean, how many people think like you? How much are you the minority, the fringe minority? Is, is, Is it changing? Two, um what are you seeing now? Are you seeing harms come through? Are you are you seeing people questioning is the uptake of the vaccine? It's not even a vaccine, but it's a jab. <laughs> experiment jab. What's happening? Because you know, Professor Shmuel, Shmuel Shapiro, he's, you know, quite vocal about it. He's very upset. He mm-hmm. feels duped. Yes, and um, and he's doing a good job now speaking at
0: and that's a flevy and many others. Ham, yes. wh-
1: what's happening? What's the, the air and the atmosphere now in Israel?
0: Okay, so first of all, I'll I'll just add to what you said that speaking about COVID now, even though it's you know gone, is important because we need to take the lessons to the next crisis that we are in. That they are preparing for us. We're in the climate crisis now. That's the next level. That's just as I said in my my speech. So it's important to talk about COVID because the same tactics apply now. And it will continue with the change of the monetary system, with the digital currency and everything that's coming. The same kind of restrictions, the same kind of tactics. As a marketeer, I can tell you, they will replicate the campaign. It will start off in feared. bribing people, oh. no. First, it will start off nicely. Okay. Like you want to, we we want you to onboard into our CBDC system. So we're going to give you some free money right. vouchers, whatever. Come right. come use it. You have a hundred. A- 100 pounds free in your digital wallet. Just who, to and who doesn't it. want that? And who doesn't want that? And then you start playing in with it and, and using it. And so what it. should we do?
1: We should resist. Say, no, we don't, don't want... Don't take free money. Don't, don't take
0: gifts. <laughs> it's just like giving a pizza to a kid for to go get vaccinated. Yeah. It's the same. Or
1: a burger. Don't
0: take it. Don't go into Nothing's free in life. Nothing is free, of course. That's, so you start nicely and you bribe. Okay. And after the bribery comes the restriction. Oh, you already have a thousand pounds in your digital wallet. If you don't use them by this day, they're going to disappear. Woo.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, so some
0: restrictions. And then you're going to see uh, the... And what will
1: you be able to buy with that? You'll, you'll be able to buy they, garbage. They,
0: they will be... No, I mean, you can buy everything. They will allow okay. you to participate in, in life with it because they still want you to do everything still freely. Later on, it's they, so they will not it's allow so you slow. to buy meat so much or to fly that much or to do things that are emitting carbon. (laughs) But it won't
1: happen straight away. It'll be a very gentle process so that most people will be like, what are you talking about, you crazy conspiracy people? This is great. It's just, it's no different from using your card and tap contactless. It's just another way of doing it.
0: Exactly. Go check out Dr. Simon Godek, his tweet about his uh, application, his banking application in Brazil, where They are already uh, monitoring his carbon footprint on everything he buys. And then he got a call from the bank after he bought sushi. She told him, you have reached your quota on carbon for food this month. You can now give us a hundred pesos. Is it pesos in in Brazil? Whatever. Um, You can give us a hundred whatever dollars to, to buy more credits for food. And he told her, what? She said, do, and he said, do I have to do this right now? And she said, now it's still voluntarily. <gasps> now it's voluntarily. They're running a pilot, okay?
1: Oh my God.
0: Yes. Later on, that's what they're going to do. They're going to tell you you've hit your quota on how much money you can spend on food because that's what you can do with CBDC. You can program it. Okay. And and they will restrict how much money you can use for certain things. So it will happen gradually. It will not happen all in at one go. It's sophisticated. It's a marketing campaign. They want to. They so want to get as much adoption. Yeah, as and then
1: they can. and then restriction. And then what's next?
0: And then when you're already in the system, they will look. The carbon credit is the cousin of the social credit system. Yeah, in my opinion, this is my interpretation. In China and in other communist countries, you can call it what it is. You can say this is a sh- social system. The social credit system. Okay and we're ranking you based on if you've crossed the road and in, in red light okay that you will get ten minus ten points automatically in your uh, social credit system if you did that crazy but if they did this in a modern democratic country <laughs> like we live in yeah then people will resist so they're smarter than that they won't do that they will call it the personal carbon credit, which is what it's on the website of WEF. It's everywhere. You can, you can see it. I wrote an article about it on my Substack. and they will monitor your consumption. They will monitor your habits. They will monitor your uh, government related transactions. It will all be under one digital ID platform connected to your digital wallet and they will basically um, prevent you from doing certain actions because it wouldn't even be allowed inside that system.
1: So if you protest, if you go against the government- Well,
0: of course they can switch it on and off whenever they want, like they did in Canada, but they will also, like for example, there are certain things that even today when you try to do it with a credit card, you're not allowed, right? The credit card company will say this transaction- is declined and they will tell you why to protect you, security reasons, whatever, and you can't do it, buy at a certain website or something, right? So they will do these kind of things. They will decide for you in advance what you can participate in life and what you can't. So that's how it's going to roll, in my opinion, and it's going to take time. It also going to take time because of all the monetary changes inside the the financial system with the banks, the central banks. So everything.
1: how do we resist this? So what? How?
0: But I didn't even answer your <laughs> okay, <laughs> question. No, I go. can go back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How go. do we resist it? We use cash as much as possible for now, just to show them that we don't accept that that system. I don't think we we will be able to use it. I, for, I'm
1: guilty of that. I need to use more cash. I'll I be use cash
0: with you. all the time.
1: I need to use more cash. Yeah,
0: okay. it's a, it's a really good thing to do right yeah. now, but also we just say, no, we don't participate in all those pilots and all these stupid shenanigans that they run. Um, we also, uh, there is go- there are going to be major shifts in the monetary system in general, and they're going to do those shifts so that they can introduce the CBDC. So a lot of cyber attacks to make you feel like your data is vulnerable online and you need to be protected by the government, da-da-da. And um, they're gonna they're gonna tell you that uh, the currency that you've been using until today in cash is not safe because of fraud and money laundering and things like that. So they're abolishing cash slowly. They're gonna tell you that crypto I- and Bitcoin are dangerous, and you don't want to move to those platforms because it's a risk for your money. And that's another way for them to tackle competition yeah. and a threat Cause, cause because they're decentralized
1: platforms and they can't control it
0: well uh, not not sure about crypto not so much but bitcoin for sure I mean bitcoin yeah only. for sure it's a decentralized pure um, amazing in my opinion
1: system I don't have any bitcoin I need to get in, in
0: you gotta learn to get into it and it's really fascinating I've been learning for over a year now and I love that
1: world see it's I'm the problem is it's I'm it's really not a tech- our
0: values it's it's freedom yeah, and privacy into a monetary system—it's amazing. Like it really conveys our values inside a monetary system.
1: I think the problem is I'm not a tech geek, so I, I it's wouldn't not even... about
0: that. You don't have to be a tech. Really? geek. Okay. If you know Maybe how to I... operate your banking application, you'll know how to operate Bitcoin. You
1: can tell me over lunch.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, you got to learn. You got to people learn to go into that world because it's yeah, there, there. It's a it's a different mindset you got to think differently and behave differently inside that system. And yes, it's going to be hard for governments to control if they're in the, but they're going to do whatever they can to take it down. It's hard to take Bitcoin down. Government
1: just seems like <laughs> the biggest terrorist organization. Go- governments just they, they just terrorize their population.
0: Well, if if you know anything about the fiat currency system that we're operating in since 1971, you know that the world is being run by governments and central bankers, which is in any other society be called a cartel. But in our society, it's called the leaders of the world because they're inventing money from nothing. They're inflating the system. They're creating more and more debt to the extent in which the world cannot sustain itself anymore under that system. And it has to collapse.
1: Isn't this, isn't it basically they've generated the problem. They've created a Ponzi scheme. They've, exploited the host, us, as much as they can to the point where they're killing the host and now they're thinking, hmm, we've screwed up. We've maybe taken too much. Let's clear the deck and start again.
0: But this time with ultimate control. With ultimate control. They must go that way. Just like Catherine Austin Fitz is saying, if you don't know her, you must follow her. She used to be the vice... uh, um, Minister for Housing in the Bush administration in the U.S. She's an amazing lady. She has a website called Solari.com. I highly recommend following her. Sorry, how to spell that? Her. Solari, S-O-L-A-R-I.com. Solari. Yeah, she runs their Solari report. She also has a podcast with the CHD, the Children's Health Defense. She's amazing. So she always says they must go in her recent podcast with Whitney Webb, which is another idol of mine, They talk about CBDC and the whole central changes, really go watch it. Um, she says they must go in that route of ultimate control now in tightening the belt even more and putting us into a system where they can monitor and see every transaction that we do, because the flip side of it is that we are being sped out of the system going to Bitcoin, going to gold, going to cash, like understanding that this is not working and wanting to create something new and they can't sustain the existing system anymore. So they're creating the new one with even more control so that they can have full control, not just for the sake of controlling us, which is the ultimate goal, but also for the sake of continuing to, you said, you know, squeeze our blood or you know our our productivity they need us they need the peasants to continue to produce for them because they're the ones holding the wealth they're the one running the world yeah. and we are the the simple people who are working hard creating money creating debt we're, we're the ones operating the system and that's the magnificent thing and that's why i'm so attracted to learn about money and about the financial system, which I've never been part of before, because you understand by, by, un- by going back and learning how the system is designed today and what is flawed in it and how it's going to collapse and what's going to come after it and what they are trying to do, you understand how much power we have. That we don't understand. We think we're so weak and small.
1: But we give the power. They've done a great job. But
0: if we understand that this existing system is based only on our trust in them, and we stop giving our trust, and we say we don't participate in this game anymore, we can collapse it. But we have to also build something new.
1: 100%. I think the thing is, you're 100% right. We we as a... As a group, humanity, we yeah. are the many, we have the power, yeah. and we give them our power. They, their only power is the one that we give them. A hundred percent. The problem is, as an individual, you, you don't have that much power, I'm afraid. It's yes, a, it's because, a collective. Of course. It's the herd. It's the masses. We need to do it together. Or well, not even and together. as an
0: individual, you do have power. That's another misconception, I think. Because it, when you think of yourself as weak on your own... Mm. Then you give up. No. And you don't even try to take action. Yeah. But when you say, okay, fair enough, my impact may not be big on my own. Yeah. But I am super powerful. Yes. And without me, all of this cannot exist. And without them, I cannot exist, right? You understand the unity, you understand the dependency, you understand the, the strength of the collective. And you understand that the collective will not exist without you. That's how important you are then you understand that it starts with you and that you have to bring sovereignty to yourself. Not as a slogan. People listen to this a lot. They hear it a lot. Mm. Like bring sovereignty, bring self-love. Like I said in my speech, no, but I'm talking about that serious. Take it seriously. Like if you are not sovereign in one area of your life, it doesn't matter if it's with your partner or your husband or wife or whatever bring sovereignty there. If you're not sovereign with your financials, if you're not sovereign with your health. nutrition, health, S- exactly. sports, bring sovereignty there. If you are not loving yourself, if the way you treat yourself is bad and you try to run a new endeavor now and you run into hardship because or a challenge because it's not easy. And what you say to yourself is, ah, it's because you're not good enough. You've never been good at that or you're never going to make you, it. You yeah. are not going to succeed. You have to love yourself. You have to 100%. improve how you see yourself as a productive and and this. creating organism. And you have to bring sovereignty to your life. And once you are in that position, you're like, okay, bring it on. Who's with who's playing with me? 100%. What can we do together? <laughs> Where is it? When is it starting? Where is it starting? And that's where we want to be.
1: The thing is, you're 100% right. Because if you abuse yourself, and I think if you're not being sovereign, you are in some respect abusing yourself. Yes. If you're abusing because yourself. Because
0: you've g- given your power away yeah. to something and or if, someone.
1: Yeah. So if you are abusing yourself, you know what? It's easy for other people to abuse you to, too. So you need to stop abusing yourself and be sovereign. But listen, on that note, we've got a problem. The problem is... The lunch. An hour's gone by... <laughs> I, we got the table booked, and I've got still more to talk for you. So I suggest I, know, we have I more. suggest I have I, more. I suggest we pause. Okay. We go for lunch. Oh, we come we back. We come back sure. and we do it again. Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah. yeah. Guess I'm not going to be taking them out for lunch. This is just a special for Efrat <laughs> because she's amazing and I love her to bit. I wish we could have recorded. And off- we were
0: hungry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just wish we could have um, captured everything we were saying off air. You're just amazing. I, I honestly, I thought I loved you before. I love you even more.
0: After the burger.
1: Yeah, I was just saying, like, um, i mean, this, you know, if my daughters grow up to be like you, a fiery spirit like you, I'll be so happy. I bet your parents love you. I bet they're so proud of you.
0: They do. They love me. They did think I went a little bit crazy in the past three years, but now they love me again.
1: <laughs> Damn right.
0: They see that it's all for the best. No, they respect me a lot. They're amazing. Without them, seriously, I wouldn't have been... That's why I chose them as my parents. That's yeah. why I incarnated <laughs> to that family so that I can have that support system around me to do what I do. I really had a really good childhood.
1: It's really nice to hear. And,
0: and I felt really safe and loved and empowered.
1: What more can a child want?
0: <clears throat> Seriously, that's that's like the best upbringing and foundation for being a healthy adult and And of course, I had my traumas along the way, but I was also strong enough to find out where they are and work on them. And that's one of the things we touched at lunch, that most people, where they fail, is in being brave enough to look at their traumas. We hide away from it. We run away from it, rather than hitting the nail on the head when it pops. When it pops, and you see you have an issue that is recurring or that is... You know there's a pattern in your life, and you recognize that that's holding you back from stuff that you want, or there's fear there, or there's anger or hate, or whatever it is. There, that's an alarm bell for you to look even deeper at this place and start asking yourself the questions of why I'm like that and what has me be like that, and then dig deeper whether you do it on your own or with a therapist or whatever, or what just read a book each people each person does it in their own way and that's
1: what you said in this in your speech la la land be uncomfortable in the discomfort yeah. you need to own it and face it and i've been through my trauma and honestly i wouldn't take any of it away i love mm-hmm. the trauma i've been through i look back now at my life and all the the trauma you know i was in a car accident where um i lost sensation in my feet i was incontinent seriously? i was wetting my pants
0: seriously yeah
1: yeah yeah i, ha- I had emergency surgery and when In my late 20s. And then it happened again in my early 30s. I was told I'll have chronic back pain for life. I'll never be able to run. Maybe I might not have kids. I might need to have a catheter for the rest of my life.
0: What was the lesson? (laughs) What was it coming to teach you?
1: I think it was teaching me. I need to love myself. One of many. I had low self-esteem. I had low self-esteem. I was in a painful marriage. I Mm. I, I could go on and on. Seriously, I've had a lot of shit that dealt. you
0: wouldn't look into you that wouldn't
1: look into you didn't yeah. want to handle it yeah no. um and someone you were running away from it and your body you know? was
0: kind of telling you or your you yourself know f- was telling you now you're going to be in that bed for that long and you have no choice yeah. but but looking in to yourself
1: so um when i was four or five someone tried to kidnap me Really? When I was learning a Quran, my parents took me to this madrasa. The, the the guy there tried to molest me. <gasps> yeah. Someone tried to molest me when we went on holiday to Pakistan. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I've had a lot of weird stuff happened to me. But, you know, I look back at this and I I'm not traumatized, but I'm not like, oh, look at me. I'm a victim. I've had it so bad. You know, oh, my God. I also God. went
0: through a um, None of this. All the sexual uh, harassment once. It was not nice. Physical, and uh, I'm sorry to hear that. No, that's fine. I mean, yeah. I'm really not traumatized because I. When I say I'm it. sorry
1: to hear that, I'm not like sorry, let like, go. Oh, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. That's yeah, not good. But not I know good. it
0: wasn't great. It's made experience. you who you are, though. It it did
1: toughens you up. It did, and, and you I own
0: participated it. in a TV show, although anonymously. But I participated in a TV show about this guy, um, showing the world what he has done with other victims of the same crimes that he has committed and uh his name and reputation was ruined forever and so i fought back in a way like i i didn't shut up about it but i um i had to handle things myself the whole issue with men and why i allow men to talk to me a certain way and Mm. be really pleasing around them and all that shit and it taught me a really important lesson about how to be with men And when he did what he did, I fucking pushed him really hard. And I talked back at him. (laughs) And then I went into my car and drove off.
1: Yeah. But this is the same. You know, I've been harassed at work. I've been bullied at work. I don't look
0: at it as like, poor me.
1: Yeah, poor me. No, No. no, no. It's
0: something that happened. I own it. I can talk about it. I can give example to other people of what they can learn from a trauma like that.
1: Another thing is this, I did the work. Yeah. And, and you don't want it to be erased from your life. You don't want no. it taken away because no. you are where you are now because of that. Mm-hmm. And I think too many people run away from their trauma. They put it in a box, try to put, padlock mm-hmm. it, chain it up, conceal it, take drugs to mask it. But the problem is with a lot of these drugs is, yeah, it might stop you feeling that trauma. But guess what? It stops you feeling And we just talked about feeling. Feeling So you take these drugs and you don't feel anything. You feel nothing. You feel numb. You feel numb.
0: Yeah. And I think there is a huge increase in those drug uptake in all the Western countries now, right? Yeah. Ciprolex and all this bullshit. There
1: used to be a time when a a patient came in to see me and I'd be like, right, what medication are you on? Maybe like one in 50. We'd be like, I'm on an antidepressant. I was like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Why are you on this? Blah, blah, blah. My son died or whatever.
0: It's or, an automatic, and, it's like a paracetamol for, no, for your now feeling, No, right? now
1: it's not one in 50. Now it's now like it's... one in three, one <gasps> in two. Like, everyone is on something. What? Yeah, it's insane. And I'm like, why are you on this? Oh, a few years back, I was feeling a bit low on my, d- and I, oh, no, but I need to keep it just in case, you know. I'm like, what? <sighs> it's insane. Uh, and,
0: uh, and the doctors that prescribe it.
1: Well, I mean, you, you could argue doctors are just legalized drug dealers. Okay, moving on. All right. Because I'm not watching the clock. We might have to we ha- might have to pause, pick up the kids, and then restart. This is crazy. <laughs> I've not done a podcast like this. Right, anyway, let's go back to Israel. Okay,
0: what's happening with COVID and, yeah. and the lies. The lies are starting to be exposed, which is fun, I must say. It is, isn't we it? We all take like <laughs> a big bowl of popcorn sitting down, seeing them, <laughs> seeing them. You know, tripping, I'm re- tripping over their I'm own really glad, web of lies. I'm
1: really glad. I'm not. I'm not the kind of person who says "I told you so," I, <laughs> because I, I just I don't want to. But god damn it, could we be saying that right now?
0: I, sometimes I say my it. pronouns
1: are "I told you so."
0: <laughs> it just feels good to release it sometimes, and you just go, "I told you so." Oh, it's so good. Okay, so let me bring you up to speed with some of the things that are happening in Israel. You started by asking with vaccines. People are not taking vaccines anymore good hardly any uh, i think they went up to the f- fifth jab and no hardly anyone took the fifth one
1: i hope you know what i hope sorry for interrupting you I, you know i really hope i hope that this idea that vaccines are this amazing thing that no one can question that it's good for you it's it's proven the sacred cow that you cannot touch i hope cracked. i hope this information this, this experience has cracked that and people are now going to look at vaccines and go, what the hell was that BS all about?
0: So I can tell you that the general discussion, the public discussion in the street in Israel is that more and more people are know that it was a lie or do, simply don't trust them anymore. And they definitely have a crack in trust. But and, what happens when they come around
1: the and say you need this vaccine to stop climate change?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they may fall in the climate Change trap because oh, it's not shit. a vaccine oh. that they're offering them. It's a carbon. No, no, it will, no, it will literally credit, be whatever. No,
1: they will literally um, give a vaccine and say, take it. Some people will still
0: take it. Some people will still take oh. it, but many will not. Okay. They will not fall again. And that's encouraging. I don't know to say numbers, obviously, but I can tell you that the general discussion is shifting. There is a shift, there is an awakening. People understand especially with the evidence that are coming out. And obviously mm. the mainstream media is colluding on that so that it's all hidden. But we, the people that are as crazy as me, and we are many in Israel, we are making so Good. much noise that it's really hard for the media to not <laughs> regard. So what happens is, this is the, it's, the paradigm has shifted instead of something happening and then the media talking about it and then people knowing about it. Now what happens is, something happening then we yell it out everywhere we can (laughs) fucking yelling it out in social networks then people become aware of it then the media have to respond to it because of us i love because if they don't they know that we are creating harm and misinformation and fake news and blah 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 so they obviously come up with their fake news alert this is fake news news. and everyone's looking at them it's like okay it's expected by now this is what you do every time so it, it looks like a joke and they're doing it. So the paradigm has shifted and I'm really happy about that. What happened recently, a few things. So I'm giving you a few examples. First of all, there are many freedom of information acts that are being um, delivered by amazing people and organizations of doctors who are speaking out and are questioning both the Ministry of Health, but also hospitals and private uh, HMOs mm. in Israel to get data uh, directly from them so that they can show the truth and prove the lies and they're succeeding with it because a lot of the data that is being exposed is showing the lie so we have to be the the intermediates the the ones that are taking this data and processing it and like the alternative media that is showing the people what is the lie and an a, a good example is that recently the ministry of health has answered one of the um, Freedom of Information Act requests uh, that was made because they were forced to answer it by the court and they released formal the Ministry of Health released formal information that under the age of 50 there were zero um, citizens that died uh, in Israel from COVID that didn't have comorbidities so all the people that died have comor- had comorbidities And that straight away raised a red flag. But hold on. You told us, the public, that all these healthy young people were dying from COVID. That's why you made us go take the jab. So was that a lie? So what are all those reports from the two years that you did the campaign that showed us this young, healthy man died of COVID, this young, healthy woman died of COVID, this young child died of COVID and you all have to jab your kids. Was that all a lie? Because it was formal information of the Ministry of Health. Yeah. There was a big deal about that because they maybe wrongfully, who knows, released that information. Maybe they didn't plan no. to, yeah. but they, they because there are so many lies, they already know, don't know how to conceal all of them. So we obviously brought it up to the attention of the public and it, uh, cr- zero mentions in the Israeli media, but of then the, the international media started reporting on it. And there were articles going out in Zero Hedge and in, you know, all the publications that you and I know. And before we know it, after Zero Hedge uh, article, Elon Musk saw the news as well. And he responded to the news saying that the title says zero a deceased of 18 to 49 years of age with no underlying morbidities, the Israeli Ministry of Health said in a response to a formal FOI. And Elon Musk just wrote zero, and his tweet got 2.7 million impressions. So the Ministry of Health in Israel could not stay quiet for this type of exposure without saying anything to the public in Israel about that, because they they had said nothing until that point. So they have answered Elon (laughs) on twitter in english which is the funniest thing denying the whole thing saying no 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 this is not what we meant we meant this not that they look like clowns what they're
1: still Seriously? trying to cover it up oh
0: yes they 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 have like their version that says no we we said that only about a small group of the population we didn't mean the whole of israel population whatever they're like it sounds so bad stupid so stupid and so bad and then good independent journalists like us uh, in Israel, citizens journalists that are following every step of this hoax and uh, documenting and recording every bit of information that has happened since this started have come out with the evidence of why they're lying. So, for example, Yafa Shiraz, a doctor for communication and journalist, she shows a formal document of... uh, the ministry of health directing the hospitals in israel to how to fill in the form of a, a person that dies from covid and inside it says you have to fill in if they had comorbidities you have to fill in the covid as the primary uh, reason of death da, da, da. so and and their excuse to what elon was saying is that we don't hold the information about Um, deaths from COVID. The hospitals do. So why are you asking the hospitals to give it to you if you don't hold it? This is a lie. And Bibi Netanyahu, also our prime minister is saying that we have all the data. This is Pfizer. This is why Pfizer chose us for the experiment because we have all the data and we give it out. So all of a sudden we don't have the data. So they're just becoming more and more complicated with their own lies. And it's just a charade. Do
1: you know what it is? It's the scene where. I don't know if you've seen the meme where the Spider-Men are all pointing at each other. Yeah, It's like the WF It's, it's is saying, it's a who. It's who. No, it's the Ministry uh, of Health. Uh. No, it's a regulator. So, no, it's the media. Said,
0: yeah, they're caught in lies. And we have all the evidence to show w- why they're lying. And uh, we're doing it. So it's it's a lot of fun these days in Israel. And the other thing that happened once this started, some journalists, mainstream media journalists came out and... Um, disclosed and I'm quoting disclosed that during COVID time um, big sums of money were given to media outlets defined as uh, advertisement but the message passed, the message was clear that they were not allowed to talk about COVID. They are disclosing it. That this, Not that you and I don't know that it happened but the public doesn't know. Yeah. And the journalists are now coming out confessing that the Ministry of Health and the pharma companies gave them money to shut up Can I talk- about COVID and about vaccines.
1: I'm not surprised.
0: And it's coming out, which is amazing. So
1: I had I had a, I had Angus Dalglish, who's a professor of oncology. I don't know if you know here in London. And he I've had him on the podcast, haven't released it yet. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um so he was He's saving the good ones. I'm saving it. So he, he came out on the Daily Mail, big broadsheet um, broad newspaper, saying, Oh, you know, if you're young, if you're pregnant, you know, you shouldn't be hesitant about getting the vaccine or forget all the misinformation and the conspiracy theories. And it doesn't matter if you've had COVID before, it doesn't matter if you're pregnant, it's fine, it's safe and effective. And he wrote this piece pushing for it. I remember looking at that thinking, What a bunch of propaganda. All right. And then recently he's been very vocal against vaccines. Hey,
0: we were on the space with him when you were asking him that. Yeah, yeah I remember. That, some people
1: say <laughs> I was put him on the spot, dude. <laughs> I put him on the spot. I said, Hey Buster. So,
0: it was a Twitter space I was hosting. Yeah. Was yeah. Really I was
1: like, This is great that you're you're speaking out against mm-hmm. the vaccines. Well, why did you say that at the Why time? yeah, why'd you say all this? I I've got that interview. Good. It's good
0: And he Yeah he was fumbling But he said you No know- but you
1: This is what I'm saying What he told me He told me Yeah That he didn't write the article
0: They he, wrote it for him
1: He spoke to them Over the phone mm-hmm. They asked him The questions mm-hmm.
0: And they rewrote They
1: rewrote And had everything They had an agenda They had a plan Do you believe it? I believe him yeah he does get paid by the Daily Mail. He was he was on a stipend end and he was getting paid. I think it's
0: better to come up with the truth now than not coming out at all. Yeah.
1: So he wrote, they wrote it. He didn't have a say. And um, he goes, I, I didn't really agree with it, but he didn't actually say anything at the time. Didn't challenge it. Then his son apparently got a vaccine injury. Mm-hmm. And then he became, this is wrong. I, need I to-. remember, yeah. And it's a shame that it took his son to get injured.
0: Sometimes that's what people need to read. Yeah, down. exactly. Something bad will happen to them. And
1: to his credit, he said he wrote back to the editorial team trying to say, "Look, we need to write articles." And like, guess what? They deaf, didn't want. Deaf it. ears. No of response. Course.
0: They were all given directions and
1: but the they media were the media's meant to be the media's meant to be reporting the truth and the news and what is what's ha- what does this explain Do you
0: believe me that I have no interest in becoming a journalist really I have better things doing with my to do with my life I'm doing what I'm doing just because how lame they are Yeah and because someone needs to do the work I wonder if it's a coincidence that when I said that the book that just fell is Jordan Peterson's book with the 12 truths. It's, <laughs> huh? it <laughs> it's funny, huh? It's funny. Anyway, so yeah, I, I, they're doing such bad job. Media is not media anymore. They're not media. They're bought. And the social media is bought. Everything is bought. Everything is rigged. The whole system is
1: rigged. Propaganda.
0: We live in a system that has only one way. There's one path that they want you to follow and if you don't follow that path you're outcasted yeah and we need to say stop to that culture yeah of one path means correct and right and this is how you need to live no you can live whatever way you choose there are a multitude of ways that you can experience your life and it's fine and you don't have to follow one thing and you don't have to believe one thing and you don't have to think like everyone you don't have to be like everyone You should be who you are, believe what you want to believe, exercise something that we forgot and it's discernment. Listen to everything, listen to different opinions, take the information from various sources and then decide for yourself what is good for you. We are so fucking lazy. So lazy. That we don't even want to do that. We just want to be spoon fed with (laughs) information from everyone. So yeah, in a way we are at fault. For letting this happen. Do you know what
1: I call virtue signaling? But that's
0: but that's our wake up call. Do you,
1: yeah. Do you know what I call virtue signaling? The laziest form of doing good. <laughs> yes. Look, <laughs> I got a Ukraine flag on my bio. Look what a good person I am. Oh, yeah. good.
0: I put my Ukraine flag up. I can go back to work
1: feeling good now. Yeah. How lazy is that? It's lazy it's and the laziness it's so of your good. brain, laziness of doing good, laziness of choosing the right food, laziness of doing exercise, just lazy, laziness. laziness in relationships laziness in not picking up a phone and speaking to someone, not going out and meeting them, just send a text, comment on their facebook nice picture well what, what is that what kind of relationship is that so
0: it's lazy
1: it's lazy it's
0: lazy. <laughs> Jimmy Dore has a really good uh, (laughs) stand-up skit about it where he talks about, you know, go do your own research. Don't be lazy. Go do your own research. And then people tell you, well, do your own research. Are you a doctor? Are you a scientist? What do you mean do your own research? You shouldn't do your own research. You should just listen to the experts. And then he says, really? When I go buy a car do I just go and listen to the salesman because he told me that that's a good car. So I buy it. No, I go do my research, which car is good and which car and car is bad. And then I decide, (laughs) is that okay doing my research on a car, but it's not okay to do the research on something I put into my body for fuck's sake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I do take an issue with my medical profession because instead of doctors empowering patients, like they're meant to and informing them, They've done the exact opposite, and actually they now gaslight them.: Oh, so can you, you say
0: the statistics you told me before about sending people to operation?
1: Yeah, How so be, so basically, I convert around five percent of my patients, maybe 10, max. I, like, I try and treat patients non-operatively whenever possible. But the system is such that actually you'll find that most surgeons will convert much higher, 50 percent, 60 percent, 70 percent.
0: because they get money for every operation. because they get
1: money for every operation. So, why and and but it's it's a mutually beneficial relationship between. and mutually destructive between the patient and the and the doctor. And the patient I, is selling away. It's I'll tell you why. Because the patient, if you tell the patient, look, the treatment for this problem is you lose weight, you start going to sleep properly, eat healthy. Um, they, they, they look have at to work harder, they have to work harder, they have to make sacrifices. Uh,
0: unless you just fix me, fix my yeah. my ankle. Can you just do
1: something and just think? Ah, so, they want that. It. The patient wants quick fix the easy option the lazy option the
0: symbiotic relationship
1: symbiotic relationship of laziness Laziness. greed laziness galore yeah (laughs) laziness galore (laughs) so basically and the doctor's like okay so you want the operation i'll give you why should i spend more money why should i spend half an hour talking to you trying to explain to you you want an operation fine i'll get more money five minutes I'll begin I'll schedule you for the operation. You want it? Patient's super happy, surgeon super happy. Off they go.
0: And the system is rigged. And the once system again. is
1: rigged once again. It's a joke.
0: And people are not becoming healthier, they're becoming sicker.
1: I kid you not. Do you want to hear something really funny? I had two complaints last year. Both were from patients who I didn't want to operate on, and I said they shouldn't have the operation. Why? And because they were not they was they were look, No, know
0: why you said that, why would did they complain
1: because they wanted the quick fix, they wanted uh-huh. the operation, mm-hmm. and I was telling them that's not the right thing to do, mm-hmm. so instead mm-hmm. of saying thank you, doctor, for avoiding surgery and trying to do the best for me and treating me like your family, they're like, "I can't believe he never operated on me, <laughs> oh my God, like, yeah, so it's it's mutually beneficial for
0: so that's how lazy we are, yeah. Okay. The other uh, funny thing is that um, another Freedom of Information Act response uh, request was to provide the statistical um, breakdown of of deaths in Israel, uh, broken by vaccine status Mm. and age. Okay, so that we can know how many people died vaccinated versus unvaccinated. The Ministry of Health is not providing the data. So the guy that have launched the request, uh, David Schuldi, he went to the court and the court forced the Ministry of Health to give oh, the wow. data by the 29th of May. What is today? 31st of May. Yeah. Right. They didn't give the data. They are, uh, how do you say, we're breaking law orders. Yeah. They're not complying with the with the court. What are they hiding? They're hiding. And so like Pfizer, guy-
1: like Pfizer saying, <laughs> yeah. give us 75 years to release. Exactly. they if don't you're want- going to give it. Why would you do that? If you got, surely we- you would be releasing it in 75 seconds saying, look how amazing this is. Uh, exactly. And so if- we know they're going to
0: lie once they bring the data, they will lie. Obviously they manipulate the data, but at least they'll give something that we can work with and to continue the research, you know, so people are active about it. You see, like it's, it's, it's.
1: We're not not letting go. We're not letting it go. We're not
0: letting go. And you can't hide the truth for too long because it will pop out somehow. And then the other thing that is really important (laughs) is the WHO. There was the assembly now in Geneva, right? In the 21st of May, uh, we had a delegation from Israel, obviously, to the WHO assembly. Uh, There were two important things that happened there. One is that the guy, one of the clerks from the Ministry of Health that spoke at the assembly... Uh, obviously started by giving his vows to the Fearer, the WHO <laughs> saying, I'm with you. I love you. Thank you for everything you've done during the pandemic, the worst pandemic, uh, the end of humanity pandemic. You were amazing and we love you. And he said, we are very sad to tell you that we are throwing away to the garbage millions of vaccines because no one is taking them. So we know that that is a success. By the way, the children was also a success. They didn't we didn't vaccinate a lot of children in Israel, which is amazing. Yeah. For me, I was fighting really hard during that time and the children were my my target.
1: Hundred percent. Right?
0: Don't touch the children. Go inject yourself whatever you want, but don't touch the children. And so we did good work there. At least under can twelve, I just, under can 12 I, can years I old. Can I just do
1: a quick plug? Yeah. There's a book called Turtles All the Way Down. Oh, yes. It's, it's an anonymous book. I believe it's written by some Israeli. Israeli, God mm-hmm. bless them, Israeli yes. anonymous scientists. it's scientist, an amazing daughter.
0: book that a lot of doctors around the world have read already, I'm happy to say. When we did The Space back in the day, uh, Dr. Pierre Correa has read it and Dr. Loria read it, and they both said that after reading this book, their eyes opened and they will never inject their kids never. ever again with anything else. And so any I would recommend
1: everyone listening, every parent,
0: Turtles all the way
1: down. Yeah, so there's another book, Turtles all the way down. I think it's by Mark Green or something. It's not that one. It's an anonymous it's... book, It's a white book. Um, you can <laughs> get it on Amazon. Uh, you actually, I would argue, you only need to read the first chapter
0: to understand the to understand that...
1: it and go, "This is all BS." Yeah, it's BS. So I'll I'll be honest. It's Ef-
0: translated to many languages.
1: Ephra, I've gone on a journey. I've gone from yeah, yeah, I'll, you know, vaccines are great to yeah, I don't really care to. Do I really need this to over my dead body? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> if same. that makes
1: me a bona fide anti vaxxer, so, so be, be it. it. Don't give a damn.
0: A hundred percent. A thousand percent. I was the same. I actually vaccinated my child with the childhood vaccines when he was young. I took my time because I didn't want to research, but I was mm. too lazy. Yeah, yeah. At the time. Been so there, I been did, there. I did do that, that but uh, that's it. Never again. Well
1: if we can if we can help even one child in the future. It's worth it.
0: A hundred percent. The other thing that happened in the assembly of the WHO is that the Israeli delegation spoke again during the the assembly and said that we are preparing the pandemics treaty, the pandemics uh, laws in Israel to obviously be ready whenever you guys come up with your rules and regulations, because we will do whatever you tell us to do. And us, the annoying voice of reason um, in Israel. Again, we're making a fuss about it in Israel because no politician, no media person is talking about this in Israel. It's crazy. So we're trying to capture as much attention as we can about it to just make awareness about the WHO treaty that is coming. Because Israel is obviously going to try and lead the way again in that, basing on its success... Of COVID-19. We love being pioneers. We love being so successful. You know that Benjamin Netanyahu said that we are going to be pioneers with a genetic database.
1: Oh, my God. Six
0: months ago, we said it. And then we ask ourselves, "Mm, is that based on all the PCR tests that you've taken during COVID? Yeah. How do you have my genes? How do you have my DNA? Is that PCR? Or is there another thing that you're going to do for us to get a genetic database going? We already have biometric databases. For eyes, for fingerprints, we have it. That's why, by the way, here in the UK, I know that there's a big fuss about digital IDs because you're not, you guys are not
1: used to no, we're not. that. No. But in
0: Israel, we have IDs from the age of 16 mandatory to walk around with, and then driver's license as well. And then about 10 years ago, they started the biometrics project, and today. Passports and IDs in Israel are biometric and you have to have it. So there's no discussion about this topic in Israel at all because it already exists. And Faire I'm going to give you, I'm give you a, a speculation that I have and you may call me a conspirator. I don't give a fuck. Sweden. You know how everyone is talking about Sweden saying they behaved completely differently during covid They didn't do all the lockdowns and the regulations Mm. that other countries did because they are so good and they don't want to hurt human rights. My speculation is that they didn't do what they do, not because they're so good, but because they don't need to, because COVID was the springboard to put in place the digital ID and the infrastructure of the green pass or the Mm. COVID passes and the QR codes to digitize everything. They've got it for years. More than Israel, even. Oh. It's a digit. It's a fully digitized country.
1: Wow. And
0: I don't think they need that. They didn't need to comply people into submission.
1: They've already got it.
0: They've got it. So they may have not done the whole fuss of COVID because people are used to scanning themselves all the time anyway. They're living in a digital reality already. So now when they're bringing in the climate agenda, they just weave it into the system. And in Israel, it's quite easy as well because they're weaving it into the digital infrastructure. They didn't need to comply so to this, the this show comes, your papers. This uh, comes to culture.
1: one of the questions that people keep saying: like, why did they do all this? Was it to sell vaccines? Was it to depopulate? Well, I don't think was that it, there's
0: one reason. I think that it's a multi. Was it digital
1: IDs? Was it digital currency? Was it social credit system? And I think, like most things, it's multifactorial.
0: It's multifactorial. Multiple I do think that the end game is total control, like you said before, in part one. <laughs> uh, it's total control because they want to control the money, mm. and the whole thing is led by the money agenda. Most people don't know it; they think it's all health or climate. Of, it's bullshit. It's money. It, it's money. It's a fear. Well, it's money, money. It's system. money. Not because they want to make more money, because the money system requires control. Mm. and they want total control so that they can can continue controlling the money in the world, and hence they can continue to control the population. But the
1: funny thing is when you have... And do they want
0: to depopulate? Catherine Austin-Fitz is talking about that as well, and that was something that was really hard for me to to relate to for a very long time. But she says, if you look at it purely from a mathematical point of view, if you want to... um, Better the financial situation of a country, there are two things you can do: You can increase productivity at GDP, or you can decrease population it 's a mathematical formula. If you decrease population, your productivity comes up. You become like richer, like uh, more effective financially and you've also got, and she's saying that's why they do talk about depopulation well, all the time there's also the pension
1: there's also pension obligations
0: that's right and
1: it's massive mm-hmm. it's massive the amount of money the government's meant to have money set aside for the pension but the problem is they've spent all that money so all this money that they're meant to be giving out to the they don't have it they don't have it that's why they're and the population is getting bigger and bigger and there's money that they're meant to be paying out which they that's don't how they steal our money that's how they steal our money so we we're paying money into this pension, thinking we're going to have this at the end of the day, they're taking it. and uh, they've actually taken it and scrolled it away and spent it, and now they're yeah. like, "Oh shit!" So yeah, I I think e- everything is possible.
0: People need to wake up to the fact that this is a way bigger fraud than just COVID. It's a way bigger fraud than just one subject or topic or area of our lives. It's probably the biggest fraud. This
1: is why I say scam I talk about scams, climate Ever. scam, you know covid scam scamdemic i mean it's just it's just the whole ukraine war is a scam war everything's war scam war
0: the wars are being created it now it's it's ukraine and and russia but it's also taiwan china and maybe middle east that will come into it there's like a world war 3 happening as we speak but the wars are a mechanism to create more debt to create more money because if there is war they need to create more money and inject it into that system so it's all about money in the end of it effort.
1: what else have we got to talk about <laughs> Tell me what, what
0: other encouraging news yeah, do you
1: what carry? Else have? Yeah, what else have we got on your list that we need to talk about?
0: Well, not much. I
1: am <laughs> I laugh.
0: No, I, I mean, I, I've given you most of the information I had, but really, I. I
1: We've got more. Listen,
0: ah, we, no, no, we, did, we didn't talk about chemtrails, but I, I'm just going to mention. No, we, I, no, no. I'm going to say we need to
1: beca- pause. We need to pause. No, but
0: we can, we can finish however you want. I'm, I'm just going to say that I'm writing an article about chemtrails. And no, there's official information coming out from is, the US. This isn't
1: stopping that. We're gonna pause oh, okay. again. So maybe we'll talk about I, it. I'm gonna pick up my kids <laughs> and we're gonna start again. I'm gonna I'm gonna have them playing for half an hour and then we'll just wrap up. There's too much. I don't know when you'll be back from Israel. You know, I'm, you, I'm
0: maybe you should come to Israel.
1: I'll happily come if yeah, they'll let me. Definitely. Oh I wanna talk about Israel. if you let me,
0: of course they'll let you.
1: Will they let an ex muslim into the country?
0: Yeah, they may ask you questions in the airport, but yeah. <laughs> Your name? You know, uh, uh, Ahmad Ahmed Malik. Uh, okay, let's talk a little bit. Let's
1: go to the You know, every single top. time I go yeah. to the states, I get four A's randomly selected. Uh, uh, the, the, and you know what? I kid you not, the last few times it was like this this person's patting me down and they go, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Malik. This this isn't a random." I'm like, "I know." <laughs> They're like, yeah, I know. And then I don't need your lame excuses, and And she's I Hindi. Know. She's Hindi. She goes, deliberately <laughs> And that basically means you're not random. We've deliberately selected you. I mean, I just said that in English because my words is awful. But it's like the sweet little ladies is telling me. And I'm like, listen, I know I've been selected. And I, you know, I even got pulled out in New York a few times. And it was ridiculous. like, are you known by any other name? I'm like, uh, well, I don't want to tell you. Jesus. Yeah, it's like, well, I, I was a bit nervous because I've got a family nickname, right? So there's a family Muhammad. nickname.
0: Muhammad, <laughs> the prophet.
1: Yeah, I was like, yeah, Osama. Osama. Yeah, my name is Ahmed bin Laden. <laughs> it's like, what do you want me to say? No, I'm not known Speaking by. Speaking of
0: which, Noor bin Laden is one of my favorites. I saw her recently, Noor Bin
1: Laden. I had to like oh my god, is she related?
0: She is. She is? Yeah, I was told, yeah,
1: she is. Oh my god. Like but I mean she might be like there's a thousand bin Ladens. She is
0: amazing. What does it matter? That's the thing. We gotta we gotta put aside everything that we were taught or we were told was truth and doubt everything and then go check for it. I know, but you
1: know what? It's hard enough having a name like Ahmed Malik Ahmed bin Laden would be too much. (laughs) (laughs) So this has been a um, a crazy day. We've uh-huh. just had ice cream again. <laughs> Chocolate hazelnut. Yeah. Any any future guests? You're not getting the special treatment. <laughs> <laughs> this is just for Efra.
0: <laughs> We're just eating the whole day. Yeah? We're just
1: eating. We should do. We should do a podcast on food. <laughs> I'd love that. Can we do that? Yeah. Like you guys like a different taste than me. You don't like spice. Uh huh. I I don't mind spice. I'm quite a pathetic. You know, Pakistani Indian chap. Because basically, whenever I have curry, I pay for it the next day. My my t- my tummy doesn't like it. My wife says to me, "You're the most pathetic Asian guy." Because I Because know. you
0: know it's coming, and you still do it.
1: Yeah, and you can't you you can't even tolerate it. Like, look at me. I'm white English, and I can handle the spice. You can't even handle the spice.
0: What kind of Asian well, are you? That's what my family says about me—that I'm a fake uh, Libyan because I, my grandma is Libyan, and I don't eat spicy. What's wrong with you? <laughs>
1: Right, so what were we going to talk about? We were going to talk about so much. Oh God! So
0: I think we wanted to kind of wrap up some of the things we talked about before about
1: sovereignty. Yeah, but you kind of like summed it up on the the drive here in two words, which, which
0: <laughs> I, I don't want people to think that we're that nasty, nasty, <laughs> nasty. But we do think that a lot of people are lazy and humanity is a bit
1: stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean that includes us because we 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 are the same, right? We we do stupid things from time to time, and we're lazy. We don't check yep. stuff, yeah, yeah, and we don't learn sometimes. Sure. So that's why we need the lessons. Anyway, but I think the interesting thing we said is like, why do those people collaborate with the evil forces? Why do they? Why do they go along with mm. these games that obviously hurt? people and hurt humanity. Yeah. And or hurt the planet or hurt different things. Why? And we went over the usual reasons. We all know them, but I think another underlying reason is that those people lack self-love.
1: 100%.
0: And I think that when people don't have enough love for themselves or in their lives, they are looking for love from the outside world and they want that affirmation and acknowledgment and the feel of belonging to a certain group so that they can feel loved and when the, when they have that void internally and they don't have that love inside of them they rely constantly on the external environment to give it to them and that's why they do sometimes really bad things in order to belong to a group and they be want to on belong. the right side. Even if
1: it means cutting off bits of their body.
0: Even if it means harming someone.
1: Yeah, harming someone else, someone else. harming themselves. Harming
0: themselves. As long as they yeah. know that in the end of the day, they'll be tagged or labeled in the right group.
1: Yeah, special group.
0: And then they'll feel loved. And it's an illusion
1: and accepted
0: and accepted, but that's an illusion an because illusion. they're not really loved. They may be part of a group now, yeah. but did it fill that void? No, they still feel the same. Yep. They still feel loathing towards themselves or
1: easy with themselves. And that loathing then expands to loathing others. others. These and that
0: makes it easier for them to being able to harm others. Because they don't have that respect for themselves, for love to their body, to their soul, to their purpose. They don't respect themselves, so they don't respect others.
1: So the solution is very simple. Love Love yourself. yourself, Accept yourself for all the flaws. I'm going to put it, look, I'm going to say it out loud right now in public domain. I didn't love myself for the longest time. I thought I was too short. I was the last kid to get selected in the class. I got a freaking hairy back. You know, you, I've got hair sprouting up my ears I now. issues with my body as well. Hey, hey, there's I not a competition. Look,
0: it is a competition. <laughs> and I'm going to win this one. No. <laughs> no, but I mean, everyone has it. That's why it's so easy to try and compete on this. Because we yeah. all have it. Yeah. We all suffer from low self-esteem or issues about ourselves, unless we're psychopaths. And I've, I've, I've
1: overcompensated now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But. So we have it. And we don't like ourselves all the time and we have issues. But if we don't stop to look at them and to resolve them, then we perpetrate it.
1: And love the flaws, love the little. I I heard something um, that you should love your imperfections and they love their partner because of their little imperfections, because that's what makes them unique. And that's what makes them different. And when you start looking at it from that lens, these things that you thought were rubbish or terrible and you didn't like them, actually, (laughs) that's what makes you beautiful. So people need to love themselves and accept themselves for who they are, not have plastic surgery. It's really funny. I, I, look, I've got a, even a weird relationship with makeup. I think makeup is nice. I think women look great when they have a little bit of makeup, but it should be there to embellish. Not, not so much makeup that you don't even look like your not real hide. self. Yes. I've been out with people who, when they take off their makeup, I'm like, who's this? <laughs> You're... <laughs> <laughs> where where it's not did the you? Same yeah, where did you come from? <laughs> Where's my girlfriend? <laughs> you can't, you can't be doing that where you're wearing a mask. You know, so makeup if it's an embellishment, an adornment on the, a frame on a picture, yes, but not when you're putting a poster can over the actual original painting.
0: Or trying to be someone else than who you are.
1: Yeah, stop being fake. Be authentic.
0: Yes, I do use a filter on Instagram from time to time I got some face.
1: <laughs> it's all coming out. I love That's this my little confession here. That's fine. That's fine.
0: <laughs> it's funny. It's really It's curious. like I, I
1: it's like I've had I've literally had people come up to me and go, "Oh, you should go to Turkey and you can get hair transplant and have it m-. I'm like, "Are you serious?" I'm you bald, and bald and Bald and beautiful. Yeah. Bald and beautiful. Love it.
0: Look. Friends <laughs> Oh yeah, gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous. <laughs> you know how many friends looked at me and said, Oh that wrinkle here, you gotta fill it up with Botox." And i No I don't no. I don't wanna put anything on my face. I don't have to do anything, so I've got a wrinkle. I'm gonna have more wrinkles. Surprise, surprise, that happens. Okay,
1: Okay. Um, now we're really going off <laughs> off the reservation here. So my Sorry. friend is a plastic surgeon <laughs> yeah. who does Botox injections. And yeah. occasionally he calls me to these parties. And I go to these parties and it it's freaks me out. Because they're all his clients and his <laughs> friends. And who they again. all look young and... No, they look stretched, stretched and, and <laughs> fake and they're fillers. And, and they can't uh, smile. And they can't smile. <laughs> and they're all just... It's just <laughs> and I can't talk about anything. I can't. Oh, the last one I went to was hilarious. I started talking to someone from New York <laughs> and uh, and she was like, oh, it's terrible. These last few years. I was like, yeah, they're terrible. The last few years have been terrible. And she goes, yeah, I know it's crazy, isn't it? I was like, yeah, it's crazy. And I'm thinking I'm on the same wavelength. She goes, you know, I can't believe these, these MAGA people and these Trump people. And I'm like, well, what, what I was talking, I was talking about COVID and lockdown. She was like, <laughs> What about COVID? I was like, yeah, you know, like the mandates. Yeah, they, they, you know, can you believe that people are not having the vaccine? And I'm like, well, whoa, 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 we are on different, different levels. Different. And um, and then when she realized my view, she goes, "Oh my god, if you're my family, I'd hit you." I'd be like, "What? She oh. I, I, I can't talk to you." And she got really angry. And I was like, "Yeah,
0: we're experiencing a real split of the world." Mm. many people experience that they feel like they were going into two different directions
1: yeah but i find that like people on our side we, we laugh but the other side gets really angry
0: yeah because they yeah all of a sudden they meet normal people like you and me like normal on the surface and they hear all these things from them that the mainstream media tells them that are wrong and bizarre and they should hate. And it's called hate speech and it's called conspiracy theory and it's called whatever. And they are taught to hate us. Mm. So they hate us or they're afraid of us because they don't know what to do with it. Mm. That's how much we have reached a stage where people have been their, their, their free thought process has been taken away from them they are thinking what people what other people tell them to think mm. and they don't stop to ask themselves do i really feel this way towards this person who is who is sitting here right now speaking with me or do do i think he's kind of a nice guy and maybe even intelligent and i want to just listen to what he says i don't have to take it in the end of the conversation but i you know i can just listen i can just be with it and we've reached the stage in culture and humanity and society that we have no patience to hear any thing that is different than what we are saying and we need to hear i'm not saying listen i'm saying hear even just hear it just hear it just let it be there you don't agree with it fine you don't want to take it with you fine you don't want to adopt it you think it's rubbish it's okay just be open to hearing it and hold it, and then use your discernment to decide, is it right for you?
1: Yeah, it's really funny. All these people who go on about diversity, they like every type of diversity except diversity of, a, a <laughs> diversity of thought. Exactly. And that's the only thing that I care about. The only diversity I care about is thought. I don't give a damn what your color is, what your gender, your sexuality, <laughs> your age. I don't care. I don't care. It's just uh, uh, I'm interested in people's way of thinking, and I love meeting people who think differently.
0: There's an Irish politician <coughs> that I quoted in my uh, last um, uh, article that I'm going to release soon about the hate speech in Ireland. And he said something really beautiful. I'm going to read it. Freedom of speech is what ultimately guarantees freedom of thought. And it is an essential reality in the seeking of truth. Misinformation may o- occlude truth and make it hard to identify, and thus require antidotes. That is true. But placing limitations on freedom on freedom of speech by means of a hate bill has the power to bury truth altogether. Mm. We are hiding the truth with all this misinformation hate speech bills. The hate speech elements of the hate bill do not take full c- cognizance of the importance of free expression, and I believe They will help create a climate whereby good people, ordinary people, will be curtailed in their speech and democratic actions and in the public expression of their views because they will not be told the limits imposed by an imprecise law that doesn't even define what it means by hate. His name is Senator Ronan Mullen. Whoa. Yeah, it was a really great speech. He was one of the only ones that talked against this bill that passed. Ireland is like one of the first countries that have such a draconian law now. Isn't
1: it funny how they're all coming in with these laws? Isn't it funny at how the they're same all, time? at the same time? No
0: coincidence. No coincidence. Same Coinc- as climate. Same Build as COVID. Build, Build back, back better. Build back better. Same as smart cities. Same as the...
1: It's like these all governments. All the agendas are coming at the yeah, same time like, together. It's like all these governments are, are getting the message. Of
0: course, because this is the time now to control thought, to con- to control again, to control what we think and what we say. And by starting the propaganda at COVID, we have to continue it because we can't allow free thought and free expression to exist anymore. We have to continue following that one path, the, the narrative of the government, the narrative of the, of the globalists. If we don't follow that path, we're outcasted. So in order to um, hold that in place, we have to have misinformation and hate speech laws Otherwise, how would we hold it in place? How would we make sure that people don't say what we don't want them to say? We have to throw them in jail. In Ireland, if they only have content on on their devices that they haven't even used anywhere, but they have that content on their devices, they can be sent to jail. What? That's the bill that passed. I wrote about it. Um, what's his name? David. David. Um, Doctor David. Thomas wrote a long article in his substack about it. Um, David Thunder, sorry. Dr. David Thunder from Spain, from the University of Navarre in Spain. It it passed. It's a crazy law. And they did like a, like a survey amongst uh, Irish people how long to before, ask them about it. How
1: long before conversations like this that we're having and we're putting out on podcasts will be stopped? Banned?
0: They will try to do that as well. Look, censorship. Because they'll
1: say, you know, I'm spreading, propaganda misinf- I'm go spreading hand misinformation, hand. medical misinformation, everything, you know.
0: Well, they're doing it already. We cannot say what we're saying here on YouTube or on Facebook. We can't no. be on any big tech platform, no. except for Twitter for get, now. But who knows t- with the new can CEO Can I tell you something Twitter?
1: crazy? So yeah. this might come on to the next topic you were, you're going to bring up, because you said something to me in the car that made my jaw drop. <laughs> Thunder, so. so basically, um I did a... Podcast with a regenerative farmer, and we talked about in the podcast how cows aren't contributing to climate change and mm-hmm. it's nonsense, and ulis. And- yeah, so I have posted that on YouTube, and it uh-huh. comes with a warning about climate, and and it's like what, <laughs> like what. Like it's insane, and I deliberately don't post anything like what we've this chatted is about on YouTube. Four on steroids. It's on. It's on Rumble. This will go on Rumble. It won't go on YouTube. Of and, course not.
0: And it's like I think just my name would be a reason to take it down. on YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> you
1: know what? YouTube is like my father-in-law now. I can't talk about anything like serious, like because I'll get into trouble. I just can't. It's like ah, uh, no, can't go there. Now, I did a tweet recently. We have a picture of the sky here in this garden right outside uh-huh. here with lines crisscrossing. Look, I'm telling you, growing up in the 80s, I looked up at the sky because in Glasgow, we didn't have blue sky often. <laughs> it's always gray and cloudy and rainy. So when we had blue sky, it was beautiful. We did not have crisscrossing lines like we do. We would have contrails of water, but, you know, you uh-huh. can see the condensation and then evaporate, it would disappear. Yeah. We do not have these grids in the sky. Now... I think my gut instinct, I always believe in my gut instinct. This is not normal. This is weird. Something bizarre is going on. And just the very fact I said, what is going on? People started saying you're a crazy conspiracy theory. No surprise. You nut job. You quack. Um, but then you told me something very interesting. Do yeah, you want to just share it? Yeah, in
0: February 2023. This year. Three months ago, three months ago, there was a report issued by the UN Climate Committee called the UN, right? Not not conspiracy theorists, the UN released a report called One Atmosphere, an independent expert review on research and development of solar radiation modification.
1: So oh. was that was that defecation? <laughs> modification.
0: <laughs> so they published this report. It's all about climate engineering. In in nice words, it's called solar radiation modification or SRM.
1: In Solar radiation
0: modification. Modification. yeah, And what it is, it's an umbrella of technologies and techniques to basically control the radiation from the sun. In their eyes, whoo, the cat came in.
1: Of course she did. Amazing.
0: In their eyes.
1: Carry on talking. I'm just going to open the door. She's no gonna problem. Leave.
0: In their eyes, the number one reason for the climate, uh, um, disaster that we're experiencing right now is because of how the, the earth is, is warming, right? And their aim is to reduce the temperature of earth, is to cool down earth. Now, the most common way that we, you and I, and everyone else knows to reduce uh, the earth temperature is to reduce carbon carbon emission.
1: I don't. Right? Even believe Everyone in is that. talking about. It. Of course, in that. we don't
0: believe in it yeah. I'm just saying what they're saying. Yeah. It's. it's I think it's bullshit. But that's <laughs> that's what they're 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 preaching. Is, yeah. They're preaching that we need to cool down Earth by reducing carbon emissions. But this report is showing you a cluster of techniques and technologies different than re- that. The purpose is different than reducing the. The, the reducing carbon emissions the purpose is to send back the solar radiation which is heating up earth back to the stratosphere so we are preventing the heat that comes from the sun to reach earth that's try- the we're, that's we're, we're, the concept
1: we're trying to create a winter a nuclear winter we're trying to control
0: gaia we're trying to control the forces of nature
1: so b- for the people who think you're this is all conspiracy theory, I don't have I this don't, is a fifty page document. I don't, if you I don't, think it's a
0: conspiracy theory, yeah. go to the UN website. I don't and have, read it
1: like me. Yeah, I don't have um a Jamie yet. I'm I'm gonna try and go on the internet. Have you got a link? Yeah. What is it? Let me tell you.
0: One second.
1: You have to
0: find it. Uh oh, let me find it.
1: I, the other option is just to stick the laptop around and point it at this camera. We can see the pictures because you showed me on the document and it looks very much like,
0: well, I'll show you the webpage on the UN website
1: and then I'll show you the
0: document. So that's, can you see it?
1: Web docs. Yeah. Oh, no, but you know, the picture where you showed of the the sky because it came up very clearly on the camera. Okay. So they're trying to modify the amount of sun rays and sunlight. Yeah, hitting and the there earth. are
0: there are different ways of doing it, but one of the ways is what we call chemtrails. They call it SAI. You see that image? It's yeah, from yeah, Getty yeah, Images. Showing, and yeah. it is from the document. It is on page twenty-three. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and the, basically the So it's not a conspiracy inside, theory. No, it's not. Inside the cluster of techniques of pushing the solar rays back to the sun, back to the atmosphere. One of the techniques, the most popular one in the document, the most proven one to work, is called SAI, which stands for stratosphere aerosol injection. So there's- they're injecting aerosols of chemicals into the air in order to create this blanket on, on the stratosphere in the lower levels of Earth. So that the solar radiation that comes from the sun is being blocked by it and returned to space. And there is a nice illustration in this document. There are explanations of how it works, why they're doing it, how they're doing it. I'm going to go a little bit into detail in a second, but I'm just going to show you the illustration for all those who think, no, no, it's only contrails. There is no such thing as chemtrails. So what is this, guys?
1: What, what is <laughs> that? <laughs> That's this is, exactly... We launch it for a second? This is insane. I I definitely need a Jamie when this podcast kicks off. Yeah, a compound is released into the stratosphere. (laughs) Method inspired by observed cooling after large scale volcano... volcano... eruption. Well, at least they're not trying to set off volcanoes.
0: So let me explain what they're trying to do. In 1991, there was an eruption of a volcano in the Philippines called Mount Pinatubo or something like that. I wrote it in the article. And after that explosion... The temperature of Earth was decreased by one degree Fahrenheit for for the fifteen months going forward. Fahrenheit or Celsius? Fahrenheit. Oh no. This instance. Okay. And for them that was a great use case. That was a, a, a great case study of how to reduce the temperature of Earth by natural means of a volcano eruption. So they're trying to emulate the same phenomena, natural phenomena, by injecting that those aerosols to the air to emulate the the eruption from the volcano and they're declaring it in the document they're saying that that's what they're doing it's called mount pinatubo in philippines in 1991 15 million tons of sulfur dioxide were emitted into the atmosphere and the average global temperature was lowered about by about 1 degree fahrenheit over the next 15 months according to nasa <laughs> it's all in the document <laughs> And then they're saying by imitating this natural phenomena, it will be possible to cool the earth and fight the threatening global warming, according to the authors of the report, who are unanimous in their basic assumption that the earth is warming, carbon dioxide is dangerous, greenhouse gas. And without lowering the temperature, major disasters are expected. But this is the important and interesting thing about this report, that when I saw this report and I read it, I I asked myself, how the hell is this not opening headlines in mainstream media because, not because it's chemtrails, but because the UN has written this report and released it. And the purpose of this report is to help climate change, right? To help the, the battle of climate, which what mainstream media is promoting now. And then I read the whole document and I understood that there were two reasons why they, this is my interpretation, why they are not releasing this to Like widely to the media, first of all, because if you read the document, you will see, I don't know if it's by mistake or not, that this document is full of explanations and examples and putting the spotlight on the risks and the dangers and the damages that those technologies are creating for human beings, for soil, for ecology, for everything, biodiversity, everything is listed here. Like and also natural disasters, natural disasters like drought, like uh, rain, like acid rain after. (laughs) Like it's it's in the documents. It 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 really details all the damages. It's in my article. Are
1: they they really that deluded that they? So that's the first
0: reason. Wait, that's the first reason why they don't. Publish it because it's full of dangers and yes. people will see this and they'll say, oh, guys, so this is what you're doing? Like yeah. just one plus one. We're looking at the sky. We're seeing all these chemtrails. You're telling us it's OK. Keep sleeping. There's nothing to see.
1: And we could be getting And then sick. we are
0: getting sicker and we under, we feel not normal after these things happen. And here this document lays it out clearly for us to see. And you're, the only thing that's missing is your admission that that's what you're doing. Yeah, it's formally. a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy. It's not a theory anymore. It's, yeah. it's here. It's in plain it sight. You can download it. It's a conspiracy against humanity and, and Earth. Okay, so that's the first reason. They don't want people to be aware of the harms of and dangers that these, and technolo- that these technologies really possess. That's the first thing. Secondly... There is a, I don't know if you've noticed, but there is a consensus (laughs) in the media and the scientific community that the major way to fight climate change is to reduce the temperature by reducing carbon emissions, right? And this document, what it does is it shows an alternative way to reduce the temperature, not by reducing carbon emissions. So maybe there's a ego war here about the right way to
1: do 100%. it. 100%. Right?
0: And they don't want to promote this because they think that the other methods of operation of controlling us and putting taxes and doing less of the things that will have 100%. us emit, emit, emit uh, carbon are more useful and effective than this method. Do you know what
1: this also method proves? This e- is
0: a mind fox.
1: Do you know what it also proves? If you think about it, a lot of the argument, people say, okay, there could be some global warming, but it, who said it's man made? It, uh, most of the warming is from the sun. The sun, <laughs> the flares, the, the solar it's activity. It's true, it
0: does happen. The
1: solar activity mm-hmm. is what is probably the primary driver of global weather. Uh, the question is and this proves it do,
0: does it need to be controlled? Does it need to be controlled or is Gaia doing what Gaia needs to do? Yeah. Is the, is the world balance, is earth balancing itself? Is earth going through the natural processes and the natural cycles that it needs to go through? If you look in history of climate and I'm no climate scientist, but I'm learning that these are natural things that are happening yeah. for hundreds of years. There's
1: cold periods yes, and there's warm it periods. Is. Cold periods, warm periods. And then there's transition periods. And
0: since when did we humans become masters of creation? Did Since when did we become well, God Lala, to try and manipulate? Yeah the weather and and to try to manipulate Gaia
1: but this is the thing
0: we're gonna just be punished i think not on the not on the religious sense of it like we're doing something bad there's a sin we're gonna be punished i think that when you're messing with nature with the with the powers of creation it's like you're gonna see the results of it
1: it's our arrogance.
0: It's our arrogance. It's and, our hubris.
1: And our stupidity. Hubris, yes. our stupidity and our arrogance that we think we know better.
0: If anyone needs another uh, proof of what I'm saying, first of all, read the documents. Secondly, read my article
1: about it. Can, can you tell it. me where I'm giving, your, where, I'm giving
0: more, more... Where's your
1: substack? What's it
0: called? It's I'm. <laughs> it's going to be there in a few days. I've also put in the article... A quote of John Brennan, who was the head of the CIA back in 2016, he talked at the Council on Foreign Relations Conference.
1: Oh, that great place. In,
0: in particular, this is a cousin of uh, Bilderberg Group and do you think, Club do you think, of Rome. Do you think and I'll
1: like. ever be invited there? Do you think they'll ask me to be a guest speaker?
0: They just asked me if you're interested. Are
1: it, you? <laughs> as long as I can fly business first class. <laughs> yeah, no, private
0: jet, dear. Private, private jet. Oh wow! Only private jet for us.
1: I won't get taxed on my carbon emission footprint, though. Will I?
0: That's above. It's above the law.
1: Oh, okay, oh, of course, it's of free. course, tax free, of course.
0: And in particular, he mentioned SAI, that technique of so stratosphere aerosol injection. He says the impressive technology for injecting particles into the stratosphere that blocks solar radiation to cool the earth, allowing more time for the world economy to switch from fossil fuels to green energy. And he called it a relatively inexpensive plan, which will cost only $10 billion a year. Relatively inexpensive, by the way. In the document, the UN document, it's mentioned that these programs, these SAI programs, are running and have been running for decades. Those are not programs that are running for months. And they're still experimental, they say. We don't know if they can be, the, actually, the authors, the nine authors of the document say that they're too dangerous to deploy commercially yet. But they are all experimental, running all over the world. The document mentions only three explicit names of countries that are running them the us australia and sweden but in the document itself there are tables and and graphs and illustrations that talk about all the different areas of the world so is it just these countries is it the whole world it's unclear from the document there are many questions coming out of these documents so
1: (laughs) just hold on one second so this thing is experimental but it's been rolled out across the world yeah can you think of anything else that was experimental and rolling <laughs> Roll around. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I can think of one, yeah. two, three. <laughs> it's crazy. So, the, the, really, what I feel that we have here, like the smoking gun here, is that there's a, an official admission, from a globalist organization. That they are doing what the public thinks that they're doing, which which is what we call chemtrails.
1: So there, there's you know that conspiracy theory checklist. This is another one. Another we can-
0: ding. tick, ding, ding. That's it. I think we got it. There, there's a lot more information here, is and there- it's it's stress, it's stressing, and it's it's making I'm a- really uneasy. By the way, they're saying that in some parts of the world where the experimental um, program is going along, it. Redistributed the risk of malaria in developing countries. What? And may increase the number of people at risk of malaria compared to scenarios without the program. Crazy stuff in this report. The report even details the effects of the de- deployment of SAI programs on the climate and lists examples of severe and even destructive effects of the de- deployments that are not well planned, such as devastating floods in part of northern Europe and severe drought in the Mediterranean region. Hold it's on, from hold the on.
1: document. Aren't the people just poisoning themselves and their children and their families? And
0: and then they're exposing it all to us. There's Don't they care? Well, again, they they want to belong to the right group. What we just said before, don't they care? They don't have self love.
1: They're idiots. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Because I have a burning question I want to ask you, and it's a very heavy, deep question, but I I, I really need to ask you. Can I? Can I ask you? Yes. Oh, you shut, you shut your laptop. <laughs> I'm
0: sick of this. Now, whenever I read this, I so, get upset. Yes, Efra.
1: I'm feeling a lot of love for you. You feel like I feel like you're a kindred spirit, and we have a lot in common about outlook and life, humanity, love for humanity. And I'm, you know, I've I've gone on this journey. I'm not religious. I used to belong to a sect. I'm over it. And I found I f- I'm conflicted because I feel like religion has a lot of good things. It's got a values and history and lessons that we can learn from. Faith. Faith. God, you know, our creator. I love all that. I love all that. The The conflicted part of me is that a lot of religion is guilt, shame, and control. Manipulation. And dividing people. So rather than bringing people together, our group is better than that group. We're better than that group. That kind of stuff. So it's kind of weird, you know. I feel like we need religion, but I don't subscribe to any.
0: I think religion was also manipulated during the years. Yes. I think it may have started in you know innocent and and goodwill from a goodwill kind of place and it became nefarious with the years. Like some nefarious attributes Captured to it. captured. Captured, yes, by the powers that be.
1: They go that's a that's, that's a great thing to That's a good
0: tool for us yes. to spread our indoctrination mm. to spread more fear to spread more divide and rule like the amount of hatred you see in Israel for example, one of the most divided places in the world between religions, between so this, Muslims This Christ- is
1: this is my question I want to ask yeah. you because you're a freedom fighter, I love you you're on this campaign you're sacrificing potentially your income, your reputation you're putting your head above the parapet you 're putting yourself out there, and take it from me, I know where you're what you're doing, and it's not without a cost yeah yes, you get you're part of a tribe and you belong to these good people, but then you get ostracized you're the black sheep, you're like, oh look, you're the funny one, the weird one and, and it's not a good thing either. It takes a brave soul to do that. there's some people who would argue that Israel is like an apartheid state mm-hmm. that they treat other people. Not just non Jews, but Palestinians or Druze or Christians or Muslims, whatever, as second class. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? How does it feel living somewhere like that? Mm-hmm. How does it, how do you think that it is an apartheid or do you think that's a bad example? And do you think this awakening process can even heal that division?
0: I used to be very proud. Of being Israeli when I was younger. In fact, my first job after coming back from Australia was under the vision of representing Israel on stages around the world and telling all of the world how great Israel is. I used to work for the Israeli Export Institute, which is like a semi governmental organization. And the whole idea of Zionism was something that I really subscribed to because that that was what I was taught. Hey, Nori. And with the years, the more I learned and the more I saw and understood of how Israel is operating against people that are living in its proximity, whether they're citizens of the country or not, just made me more and more distant from the modus of operandi of, of Israel. And I love the country still. I mean, I love where I live. My family is there. And there is some interesting history to that country. And I feel like there is also an opportunity of unity and healing in that country. Mm. And there is something very energetic there as Mm. well. I think it's no coincidence that I live there. At the same time, the more I know, the more I see, and the more I understand, the more I do subscribe to the notion that this is apartheid. I mean, you can't hide from it. We are discriminating other people for various reasons all the time, every day. And we're using our army in a very nefarious way, young, innocent soldiers like me when I was young, Mm. to deliver really harsh reality into the Middle East and to the world. And I really think that Israel is a controlled, strategic point in the Middle East that is very easy to. It's explosive. It's very easy to explode that part of the world in any given moment by flicking mm. a switch, by, you know, sending the the right rocket from this side to that side, by bombing here or bombing there. Like, it's so easy to create diversion in the world by doing something in Israel. It's very easy to create diversion inside Israel and in the Middle East. It's very easy to spark war, which we know is, is a tool of the globalists to make more money and to create... Uh, economical growth. And I think that people are so deep into the hatred culture and the divide and rule in Israel that they, it's very hard for them. It's very hard for most people to detach themselves from hating someone. Yeah. in Israel, hating a group, whether it's the Orthodox that I hate now because I'm secular and I go to the army and you are not, whether it's Arabic and I'm Jewish and you hate me, so I hate you back or whatever excuse so, it so, is to so hate. So this is
1: funny. So I was going to subscribe s- to it. Yeah. I was going to say to you, because I, a lot of people hear about, you know, oh, the Palestinians have had their territory occupied, they're displaced, they're suffering and they don't have access to water. Or not. We, we know, a lot of people know about the suffering of the Palestinians. What I think people don't appreciate is the damage that's been done to Israelis and Jews. I don't think it's good for a culture and society to live in fear, to live in perpetual anger and hatred. <laughs> Does that make sense? Of course. Where, you should where, have seen the last operation
0: where, in Israel. It was a month ago where we had rockets fired from the Gaza Strip yeah. to Israel. You remember that?
1: yes we had
0: we had some rockets going all the way to Tel Aviv, supposedly, I don't believe it right. by the way yeah. I think that the it's fantastic the program that they made because the ease in which people enter an emergency state in Israel is phenomenal, like you tell them, bam, there's war, bam, there is shooting bam they. Stop whatever they're doing if they're protesting against the government right now and yeah. yelling that the government is corrupt and lying yeah. the moment the government says you have to go to the shelter because there's a there's a rocket yeah. they go okay dear government we're going to do what you tell us all of a sudden they believe them they don't think so for a second angry, that maybe they're they're, they're
1: they're angry with the government they're really upset with them but the but moment the government says they, look oh, they're, they're
0: controlled in a second They're manipulated in a second. So the society, the public in Israel is very easily manipulated. It's very easily manipulated all over the world. But in Israel, I think more so than any other place
1: because we are so used to living in a state of fear. Yeah. And that level of stress, it cannot be healthy for society. It's not healthy. Living with that degree of stress and tension. Yes. I I just think again, you know, we hear about the plight of the Palestinians, but I think the, the Israeli Jews are victims equally because ultimately it's not really the the person at the bottom. It's not the plebs. It's not the the working class, the middle class. We we're, we're all the same. I mean, it's really funny. You were talking earlier on, and you sound Arabic, and you're saying how most Jews in Israel look Arabic, and I was thinking, <laughs> yes, yeah, you're your cousins.
0: Of course. Your cousins, well, eat- my grandma is from Libya. My grandfather is from Turkey. What is that? That's yeah. not Arab? <laughs> yeah. So, you, <laughs> And my you know, other grandparents are from Europe. So it's like a mix. The of food
1: the food is the same. The music yeah. sounds the same. You dance kind of the same. You know, well, similar. And,
0: and th- we are family and we've been told that we should be enemies. For God's sake, I live 20 minutes away from Ramallah, 40 minutes away from other uh, Palestinian cities in Israel, and I've never visited them. I cannot go there. Does that sound normal to you? I live 43 years in this country and I cannot travel half an hour away from my house by car. It's crazy. And I'm taught to think that these people are my enemies. Yeah, I'm not saying that all Palestinians love me or love Jewish yeah. people. Of course, we have issues. We have problems that need to be resolved. But, and it happens to me on Twitter as well. Every time I post something about Israel, I get all these pro-Palestinians that are telling me, Oh, you're talking about freedom and and non-discrimination and and, uh, equality. And this is what you do to Palestinians. And I can't disagree with them, but I am being attacked as well. And people just need to lower their arms, to lower their energies of fighting and to just bring love. Because, yes, we have loads of issues and I don't have the answers of how we solve all of them. But what I definitely know is if we continue going the same route as we are right now, we're just going to perpetuate war, more and more war and more
1: and more hatred. You know, honestly, I love you because you are preaching peace and love, not division and hatred. And that's what we need. It's not the same as Palestine-Israel conflict, but, you know, it's really funny. Growing up um, as a Pakistani in Scotland, um, we, we were taught that, you know, We are the way we are because of a society. There's a lot of drama that happens in Pakistani families. I used to think, God, what is it with Pakistani people and their families? God, why can't we just be like British people, just like nice and calm? (laughs) Then I married into an English family. And I said to my wife, are you sure you guys don't have Pakistani genes? Because you're You're spicy. You guys have got got the same Pakistani drama. And then I realized, actually, it's not Pakistan. This is life. This is a tapestry of humanity. We're actually It's all, not about the, we're all the ethnic same group, of it's course. It's not the ethnic group, it's no. not the language. I mean, there's little subtle cultural differences in cuisines and that's beautiful but and these that are be just labels.
0: These are just labels to manipulate us into thinking we are different than each other and yeah. we should be against each other. When we take all these labels off, when we really strip them down and what's left is just two human beings speaking to each other same language same intentions same values same same need to bring healing then what is left mm. is just the commonalities and and the the will to do better that's what's left so does it matter how we are labeled does it matter what kind of what kind of group we come from what we believe in what we think if we have the same goal then we can you know we can look at the commonalities and work from there rather than look at what divides us and mm. fight from there
1: you know it's really funny i think um if the current conflict in Israel and issue in palestine is like the worst of humanity it could potentially be the best if jews and muslims and christians and palestinians can live together and show us that there can be harmony and peace and respect. You know, when if that ever happens,
0: that humanity's, really oh, humanity
1: yeah. will be healed.
0: I agree with you. It's as I simple as that. You.
1: When we can have love with all our neighbors and we can embrace and hug and go to each other's weddings and celebrate and have friends and marry whoever we want and, you know, whatever. You and know.
0: just let people Live freely the that, way they want to live. That little
1: microcosm, if that uh-huh. if that, that heals, will
0: create the whole world. Effect.
1: The whole world will heal. Just imagine how powerful that will be.
0: That would be amazing.
1: I think we should end there. I agree. Effort. It's been epic. It's I lo- been
0: so much fun.
1: Seriously, I love you so much. <laughs> I love it's, you too. Thanks
0: for inviting me. I'm better so than, happy I came.
1: It's better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and I am, people don't realize, but I've I've basically kidnapped her for the day. <laughs> I arranged a train strike so she can go back into London. She had to come and pick up the kids with me and then go and have but ice people cream. People should be
0: jealous of me because I spent a beautiful sunny day here uh, at the. Well, Beaconsfield, and it's gorgeous. Thanks. Nature is gorgeous, and your house is
1: gorgeous, and your family is
0: gorgeous. So thank you so much.
1: Until next time. Effort. Thank you.